Blog Talk Radio. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. This is John Sullivan. It's Babs Ayak Michael Thompson talking. The phenomenal AJ Styles. Jerry Rose. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. What is going on? This is not a joke. This is not something weird. Ladies and gentlemen, this is year five, the five-year anniversary. So we only thought five it was, year, uh, five year, five year. Oh, get you got to get five times, like book five times, five times. <laughs> Drop it out of <laughs> Alex Ryan back, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing a special edition Sportscast Radio. The guys have been doing Wednesday nights, so we're going to keep them in line with what they're doing. But we thought we'd have to jump on five years ago. Uh, Sniffles McGee yours truly came on and blabbed <laughs> for twenty-four minutes. In one of the worst outings of radio ever, I believe. But we're still here. We survived. What now you're man? one of the best, if not the best in the business. Of course, we're, we are talking about the King of Dong style. And yes, Voices of Wrestling <laughs> contributor 2019 best matches of uh, the technical legend himself. Uh, the the founder, the the CFO, CEO, the, the legend. Mr. Ryan Cook, how are you? Oh, I got the chills, man. Alex bringing these intros lately, and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Five I like, years, start, like, yeah. You, people. You, did a, you did a few sniffle episodes. You know, I, I don't know if Dentris was on a few of those, but I remember we were watching WrestleMania, and that's when I met Kyle. Um, and we were just like, that was it, huh? And then we just decided to do radio on a laptop, in that small room, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun fun little couple of hours. I'm pretty sure we went three hours, but it was it was insane, and thus started you know strong style media. Uh, I would drive a half hour every Monday, and we would do Sportscast Radio for a long ass time. It seemed like a long time, and then I moved, and then you know. You had to do sportscasts with a variety of hosts, which then again would assemble strong style media. Of course, with your current host uh, Jordan Jisker and Elijah McNeil there, uh, sometime contributor, uh, the the daredevil Derek Fury himself. But yeah, I mean it's five years. It's crazy. We would it, it, it just came up on what we would just chat about in real life, and I guess that's what podcasting essentially is. But we were doing this ish way before it was popular. Yeah. Um, you know, it expanded. It, it, it was wild too, because at one point we we had like schedules lined up with enough people where we were doing four different shows a week. I think no five. Yeah. We had sportscast, we had wrestlecast, we had pop culturist, we had hip hop Monday, and we had standing a count. We were going five Same, days yeah. a week, different shows, man. It, I mean, you never say never with the way things go, but schedules obviously make things difficult. But hey. We're still coming out. We've been pumping up more WrestleCasts. Uh, hey, I sent you know, a teaser to uh, to Kyle that, that said April 20th. Uh-oh. He was like, really? Huh? I was like, yep, just make sure. He's like, come on out. I'll, I'll host. I'll, I was like, well, 
We'll see, but yes, April April twentieth. Dun dun dun. Yeah, he always asks about it. He's like, man, I wish we could maybe get back to doing that one day. I said, you know what? I'm not gonna lie to you, Kyle. I wish we could do a hip hop Monday again or a so our soda sound yeah. radio. I had. I mean, so music is bad now. Well, true, but we you know we would talk news. Um, yeah. I I had the whack track, which was always always a keeper. We we would we would play five mics, which the point of it was yeah. if it wasn't good, we clowned it. Um, you know, Kyle would have me discuss it in the most Caucasian way possible to give a nice insight on each song. Like, we, had, we had a really fun time with that. And we'd always have a 40 in a bag, which is good, too. So shout out to, our, um, I think it's March. While, while we're talking about him, I'll give him a quick plug. Uh, March 4th, that Wednesday, um, he has a show that he does called the Third Fall Podcast. They've done maybe 12 episodes. And they kind of interview local talent and stuff. And uh, March fourth, boy, Ryan Cook will be on that show. So, shout out, shout out to the plug on that. I still don't know how to listen to the shows because they're on Anchor FM, and I don't know how to find it. So I can't tell you where to go to get it. But I will send a link out when I'm done being on it, so I can at least promote myself. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it'll be fun. I mean, I'm excited. I haven't I haven't been interviewed in a couple of years, so I'm a little behind, a little behind doing this. So is it about? You as a wrestler or just you as, as a person? No, it's about my – he wants to interview me about my whole inf- involvement in the pro wrestling scene and where it's taken and how it's evolved into the radio and just kind of like a whole go and talk for an hour type thing. And then they do this thing called the promo challenge where they come up with a random scenario and you got to mm-hmm. cut a promo, and I'm just going to annihilate his co- his co-host is the biggest mark. His co-host is a bigger mark than 2009 uh, lockup Royal Rumble conversation with Ryan Cook and Alex Mello. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this dude, this dude, this dude is like he did a promo as the one with Demetrius on it, and where he was like Stone Cold with a different first name, and he calls mm. himself the Heartbreak Kid, and his last name is what? Michael's. Like he, he's a mark, but he, he's 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 a funny dude. He, no, he, that he, sounds like gimmick nice. infringement. Yeah. So more than, more than I, I will anything. be uh, I will be voluntarily challenging him with the promo val- uh, promo battle where I will annihilate him um, <laughs> straight to his face, looking directly across the table at him like up this promo. Go Shane Douglas and just dump him in the uh, in the trash can. <laughs> and then when I'm done, I'll tell him that his ass just got franchised. <laughs> and then I'll make sure to wear a huge elbow brace the whole time because he wore that for like 19 years. That, that's part of the reason I incorporated that in my gimmick. Him and Lance Storm would have this huge elbow brace for whatever reason. So I had Demetrius injure my arm when I was a, when I was a baby face. And then for like the next seven years, I wore this giant arm, like wrist or like elbow wow. brace. I thought I was cool. Did you <laughs> it wear was, it, it to work at shirt. times? I should have, man. I should have really been a, like shoot doing it. It, it, was, man. it was still it was around like a, back then. It's true. It was, this was like 2006. So it was like 50, 14, 15 years ago. I, I would, uh, <laughs> it was actually a knee brace that I just put on my arm because that was when I worked out. So my, my arms were a little bit bigger. So it would stay on and it looked just like an oversized, like orthopedic elbow brace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. That's funny. Wow, War Games is it the pre-show at six or not War Games takeover uh, pre-show at six then? I think five thirty. I wasn't gonna watch okay. it, but there's there's like six seven matches on this card, so I feel like there might be something on the pre-show I don't want to miss. But you know, we're gonna talk about that because obviously you know 
Yeah. Before WrestleCast, we would always incorporate wrestling into the show. And then SportsCast slowly, as you guys can remember about three years ago, two, three years ago, however long, it's probably about three, started to slowly go from like a half hour wrestling, an hour and a half others to 45 to an hour of wrestling to sometimes <laughs> we would lead off and we would run out of time because of wrestling. We're like, you know what? We're just going to do a wrestling show. <laughs> and now yeah. we're struggling to close at three hours when we go on going, well, if we don't finish in two hours, at least we got some good content tonight. And you know, damn well, we don't even start our first topic until like 40 minutes into the show. Oh, I mean, <laughs> for sure. Because that's the, <laughs> that's the Ryan and Alex mainly Alex way, but I mean, it's, not only with with wrestling, but it seems like, oh, my God, the sports landscape, since I've, uh, you know, kind of talked about it on air, you know, which we'll bring it up every now and then on WrestleCast. But holy moly, it's, it seems like a lot of professional wrestling antics happening in Major League Baseball from cheating, scandals, sign stealing, buzzers, what have you, um, and stealing World Series championships from our beloved host, uh, beloved team, the L.A. Dodgers, and, of course, how irked you are. And, Bamboozle. You know, <laughs> and, you know, the the fallout from, you know, the investigation, players getting immunity, you know, essentially getting off scot-free. Yeah, some people got fired or whatnot, but that's because it seems like the owner of the Houston Astros is a complete imbecile. Ryan, do you have evidence of this uh, imbecile uh, kind of talking about the fallout of the 2017 Houston Astros uh, World Series? You bet your ass I do. This, uh, I could not find the press conference anywhere, but thankfully, uh, shout out ESPN, 710 LA, Mason and Ireland. They had the sound clip on there. So it's it's, uh, it's clipped from there. So critical is the Mason and Ireland. There's a spot where you're going to hear John Ireland, John Ireland scream in the middle of it just out of anger. Um, like calling the guy out too, even though you can't hear him. But uh, this is Jim Crane uh, being interviewed uh, spring training. Exactly what he here, said. here is what Jim Crane said exactly to your point. You know, our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. And you then know, the reporter right after that said, "Did you just say it didn't impact the game?" He goes, "No, I didn't say that." And you think, here, here is here's that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Yes, Basically, you did. You know, as the commissioner said in his report, he's not going to go backwards. Um, it's hard to determine how it impacted the game, if it impacted the game, and that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, he's out of his mind, first of all. <laughs> like I said, there's going to be a couple things for Mason out of it, but it's Symbolism of what this country has been going through the last four years, in a way. Guy in power is just retracting everything. Like, I didn't say that. What do you mean? You're the one who said it. Come on. And and this was the follow-up question, Alex. Like, he says that. The guy goes, wait, how does it not impact the game? I didn't say that. (laughs) Oh, God. And then the stuff you were playing from Carl Ravitch today, Alex. Break that down, man. That was – I was listening to that in my car. I had a snap going. Um, I didn't get to see this interview, man. You did. What was up with this? It was it was great. It was, I mean, spoiler alert, we're going to do one of our uh, wonderful uh, classic uh, segments, if you will, the, the real MVP. And I'm just going to get it out of the way. Now, it's Carl Ravitch from ESPN and Baseball Tonight, a guy who I've watched for, I don't know, 20 plus years, uh, especially since I found the love of baseball. 
but he just comes down and does this interview I caught at Sports Center around the 8 a.m. And, of course, they played snippets because, as I found out later, which is a phenomenal 45-minute watch on YouTube. Just type in ESPN, first thing that pops up. And he just comes in with this demeanor of, like, all right, Ishhead, we're going to hear whatever you're going to say. We know it's going to be, you know, just embellishments and lies and stupidity. And he just comes in rocking his blue suit. It kind of has that stubble, which uh, Carl Ravitch has always been clean shaven. You know, he's he's like that that plucky baseball analyst you could have a beer with and have a great, you know, one to two hour conversation and be like, all right, that was amazing. This guy was looking for answers, but in that Carl Ravitch niceness way, but still saying, all right, dude, all of this is just BS and just calling the investigation, the lack of the punishment for the Astros, calling out, you know, uh, Manfred just for you know, because Manfred keeps going back to the previous scandals of baseball, the, you know, 1919 Black Sox. And of course, the steroid scandal that, that rocked, you know, the late 90s into the 2000s there. And, you know, he's like, oh, well, this won't, this isn't as, as big as those, you know, those, you know, were people not trying to win baseball games. These were people enhancing their own numbers and, and whatnot, you know, which eventually would lead to teams winning. But Ravitch is, you know, saying no. This is causing little league teams out in the California area, which I'm sure will happen all over the country now that are not that, that want to change their little league names from the Astros because they're so livid that this has happened in baseball. I mean, newsflash cheating has always probably happened in the game of baseball, baseball. Hell it happens in the game of life, not just a board game, but actual life in business America. This ish happens every day. Look at what's happening on our news every second of every hour. And Ravitz was just trying to, you know, basically not help him out. Just have him, you know, just pretty much sit on the stake and, you know, Rob Manford, of course, and just say, look, dude, I'm going to bury you. I'm going to grill you. You're, you can try to save whatever legacy you're going to have, but this will be the ultimate stain on you. And it was done so well. And he just did not have time again for any of that ish that Manfred was, was trying to uh, dish out there. Didn't, didn't uh, Jim Crane in that interview where he retracted a statement sound a lot like this? I thought I won the fight. You thought you won the fight? Why? He didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like didn't, didn't he even brings it up. Like, What's that? Didn't he totally? I mean, he totally sounded like Matt Pack just bothered about the whole situation. Oh yeah, that I mean, that's what what Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, stated. I mean, the only thing I, the only thing I think that he might get applauded on is he said he's going to revisit uh, Pete Rose's reinstatement. So I think that might be his like, hey, look what I did, guys, all you boomers. Look, I, I might reinstate Pete Rose. I'm going to say I'll look into it because, of course, Pete Rose is saying, hey, this is a whole team and they are granted immunity. What about me? You know, at least I was betting sometimes on my team to win. I, well. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think if, you, if you're going to ban Pete Rose from baseball, then how the hell do you not ban some of these other people? Like, yeah. it, it, you know, Carlos Beltran said it. I'm going to be in baseball in a few years. It'll blow over. Like, he's that cocky. Yeah. Like, why is he not punished? Like, I mean, obviously, yes, he, he got fired as Mets manager before it even started. But mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger, 
you know, he, he said it flat out, he, you know, during, during his, his conference, when he was talking spring training, he goes, you know, Jose Altuve stole an MVP from Aaron Judge. He goes, I don't care what anybody yeah. says. He goes, this is proof. He goes, I tried to get the sounder for it, but it was so long I couldn't get it cropped in time. But, you know, he flat out said, you mean to tell me that if you come in and hit a, a game-winning walk-off against the Rollis Chapman, of all people, <laughs> that you're going to round the bases and then tell them to not rip your shirt off because you're more paying attention excuse me, paying attention to the fact that you have a hidden device on your chest rather than, yep. oh, my God, we just are going to the World Series. <laughs> and he goes, hmm, it's a little weird that you knew exactly what was going on to the point that you were able to then let them know. And, and it's filmed, don't rip my jersey off, I got a buzzer. Which, by the way, is they, they apparently the front office uh, deemed this thing when they brought it to the presentation as Project Codebreaker. So Jericho <laughs> getting tied to the MLB yeah. here. But then he runs in the dugout and changes and comes back out like, oh, yeah, baseball. Let's go. Like, no. That doesn't work that way. And then, and then Carlos Correa said, Jose Altuve never cheated. He told them, stop doing this when I'm batting because I'm clean and I want to do this the right way. And he had a he had an unfinished tattoo that he didn't want anyone to see, and that's why he didn't want his jersey ripped off. Like, Which means he's here. one of the ringleaders. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. He found out from a cousin of a cousin who knew a guy and said, hey, we can do this. (laughs) And then it now, like you said, it comes out that not only was it Alex Cora, but it's Carlos Beltran who was ahead of all this. You know, the only person who actually showed any remorse was A.J. Hinch. Uh, When he got interviewed, he goes, you can make your own thought about how the World Series would have went. He's like, like, I don't know if we would have won. I can't say we could have. I can't say we could. You know, we did. I can't say we didn't. And they're like, why didn't you stop it? He goes, you know, there was times that I thought I tried to stop it. And in the heat of the moment, you go along with the kind of stuff and the players are doing what the players are doing. And I'm just that big of a fault. He goes, it's, it's my fault. I deserve to be where I am now. Like, he's the only person that's shown any remorse for this. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Bolsinger's filing a, a civil suit against the Astros for the fact that, uh, you know, a cheating game cost him his job. And now he's been designated for assignment and he's out of the league. You know? I've said this to a lot of people. What is Clayton Kershaw pitches the game of his life game one that even cheating, they couldn't hit him because he's so damn good at pitching. And then in game five, he's, he's ready to set up to win the world series four nothing lead. They tie it. It's now a seven, four lead. They somehow miraculously tie it again. And now everyone goes, once again, Kershaw just can't (laughs) win the big one. How do you know that? He was cheated in two. You can't now. I mean, yeah. you know how much crap I give you over Kershaw's playoff performance. You know, every year in the playoffs, I'm like, oh, he's going to blow it this time. Now I feel like, ooh, yeah, maybe they, they definitely did deserve that that World Series. And, yeah, like you said, Kershaw's reputation now, you know, was sullied for a long time. That was the, you know, the shadow, the mark on, on his otherwise extraordinary career. And now, you know, I'm sure it's making a lot of people, you know, like myself again just do the second take and think, okay, maybe this guy is legit all time on that list now, but it sucks because now he's getting older, you know, uh, who knows if he's going to still have this, you know, in the next couple of years to maybe prove without, you know, if there is the cheating devices gone from the game. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, so where do you, sucks, where do you man. place where do you place this scandal then within the big three, 1919 Black Sox? Of course, the uh, the steroid scandal. Now we have the Astros and the World Series 2017, if not, you know, all the other, you know, wins and what have you. Where do you place this? 
This is number one. I don't think Thank there's you. one thing Thank worse you. in any sort of facet with the with, with baseball. You know, I, I I stand by this. I understand the steroids thing is awful, and and we talked about what that did. But can you? Barry Bonds was still hitting massive bombs when he was. He was already all timer. He was yeah. already all timer as a pirate. I mean, people are saying he was the best of all time when he was a pirate. So. Tell me what what Barry Bonds could do if he knew what the pitch was coming at him. He just got a bigger head and those Jesus earrings. I mean, he's he. Can you not tell me that that he couldn't have won? He couldn't have hit a hundred home runs in a season if he knew the pitch. I mean, it's like batting practice. All right, Barry. All right, they're gonna throw you a they're gonna throw you a fastball low and inside. Okay, cool. Now he knows where he has to swing. Like that's that's why this is worse than steroids or anything because they knew it was it's like it's like you're playing a video game. All right, we're mm-hmm. we're in 2035 and it's roller jam, central baseball, whatever the hell. And <laughs> the XFL, and XBL. <laughs> Barry Bonds gets a gets this uh this like thing over his eye like one of the the Ginyu Force from Dragon Ball, and he's able to see a reticle like he's playing MLB The Show 35 and know where the pitch is going to go. So he knows where to swing. That's what that is. He's parking <laughs> it every time. You're officially walking Barry Bonds. If he's, if he's, because he's, oh, what, 162 games in a yep. season, he's batting third, so he's getting at least three. Well, we're going to say he's getting four. That means Barry Bonds is going to get 648 walks a season because nobody's going to pitch to him because he's got, he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what's, why this is so much worse. Now. You know, it's crazy. If, you, if you're caught counting cards in Vegas, the mafia will come out and, and bring you to the back fully race style and break your leg, break, you know, take a finger, what have you. And and all Rob Manfred did to the Astros for counting, you know, pitches, what, what have you, stealing signs, all they got fined was $5 million, which is what? Maybe the first month, you know, of Houston Astros, uh, you know, uh, money that they received from home games or what have you, $5 million, a couple of draft picks. That's it, Brian. What, what's up with that? You know, again, stupidity from the commissioner, Rob. Oh, my gosh. It's it's and that that's where now now that makes me start to think because obviously there's certain things I get you can't do because you got to protect the game because you can't have it getting too like just too out there and I understand that that's why that's why you're not banning players because if you ban mm-hmm. players now you have to start looking at other teams and who else should be banned and now the investigations and. Now, now think of what happens when next year, I think it's next year, when you have to meet with the MLBPA. Now you're looking lockout because the players are going to have to start standing up and defending themselves for not being the ones uh. that are cheating. So now I think that's just why it gets into this whole globule, just you can't do it. And as much as people, including myself, have said, you strip of the World Series trophy, that doesn't do anything. People will mm-hmm. always remember that they won the World Series. And I know this isn't, Dang, I try to download a, another clip and the damn thing doesn't download. I'm, I'm trying to like produce and edit while on air, and I'm like, man, I can kind of do this. I might have to do this for WrestleCast now. Start making <laughs> clips while on air. I didn't think I could multitask. Um, but the, the problem being is, you know, Houston had that crazy tragedy. And yes. 
you know, the people needed something to lean on and the, and the fans and the city took this world series and, and it brought the community back and you don't want to punish innocent people and take something away from them. And I know that is way far fetched. And I know people probably don't agree with that, but I'm sorry. We're, we're all humans. Like you said, so don't take it away from the people. Don't take it away from John accounting who got a world series bonus. That's not his fault. What you need to do is slap an asterisk on it because that's like the, the, the scarlet letter of all things. You put the asterisk on it and then you. Isn't that what they did with the home run record? Yeah. Yeah. Do the same thing with this. Put the damn asterisk on it and then take their world series shares. Do you think the players care? No, they care about the ducats. Slap their yep. wallet and then they'll care. That's what you need to do. And I know there's some of these guys who are 24th on the on the the 25 man rotation who, you know, probably have already spent that money and aren't going to make that much money again. And I understand that. But then you make the team pay for that. You make Crane pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know, because otherwise I think that's where you need to hit it. I think the owner is the guy. You know, that, well, they, that needs they, to, they to feel the owner brunt. Five million dollars. He doesn't care. That's what I'm saying. But that's dollars. nothing. That's nothing. No, it's hit. nothing. And then they took away two first-round picks or whatever. No, you need to hit these players because the players are the one that orchestrates this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I would not argue if, if Crane didn't know a ton of it, but I'm sure he did, especially if their front office is designing this stuff so he had to know mm-hmm. something. But, I mean, this guy was so oblivious with his answers. I'm sure he was like, hey, yeah, Astros, baby. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to play it one more time. Listen to me. What here, here is what Jim Crane said exactly to your point. You know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. And you then know, the reporter right after that said, did you just say it didn't impact the game? He goes, no, I didn't say that. And he's like, here, here is here's that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Yes, Basically, you did. You know, as the commissioner said in his report, he's not going to go backwards. Um, it's hard to determine how it impacted the game, if it impacted the game, and that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, he's out of his mind, first of all. <laughs> like, this dude is delusional, man. Yeah. I mean, but you got to think about, he hires people to deal with all that. I mean, not every owner is Jerry Jones. Yeah. You know, he's the GM, he's all this and that. You know, he's playing football guy. I mean, he has the funds to do that, so God bless, but not every guy is Jerry Jones. So, yeah, Yeah. he might have been oblivious, you know, about 40% of it, but, you know, like you alluded to, he definitely, you know, had to have known some bits and pieces where he was probably just like, just don't get caught. Well, you're going to get caught eventually. You're going to piss someone off to whistleblow eventually. So, uh, you know, one guy that they, they hired, though, that I think is a, you know, a, a good PR move on there and who's also a, a damn good coach. I, I knew of his time, you know, of course, as the Chicago yeah. Cubs manager. But, you know, uh, you know, he did some good things in San Francisco and Washington. Dusty Baker becoming the new Houston Astros uh, manager clubhouse again him and Carl Ravitch it was great to see some old baseball tonight nostalgia kicked in for me this morning so you know he got to interview him and and Dusty Baker was pretty much you know honest as Dusty Baker usually is um and was just like hey this is gonna be a tough battle this isn't gonna leave anyone's mind you know in two or three days here you know this could mar the whole season 
you know, we just got to go out there and play baseball and, 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 you know, basically, you know, win back, you know, the fans and the people's, you know, trust in a way. But as we know, Ryan, that's going to take, you know, quite, quite a long time. Do you think Dusty Baker is the right hire for the job? Or do you think this was the smart, safe hire to try to get the PR off your back, even though he might not make your team better? Both. I mean, but the PR is more important right now than, you know, winning a World Series. So, I mean, again, as I stated, Dusty Baker is the the best guy for that job. So I'm hoping he's getting some good money. (laughs) What about them allowing the assistant GM to be promoted to the new GM? Like, why is that allowed? He's the whistleblower. No, um, <laughs> I mean, he's the guy sitting in center field, right? This guy, yeah. dude, this is like a freaking specimen, like specimen, whatever. Like, did you realize this is like a movie? Like, ten years from now, <laughs> Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill are going to be making this movie. Brad Pitt and Tim <laughs> Crane, Jonah Hill is AJ Hinch. You know, um, I, I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> like another. Uh, Who's who's a good uh, good young Hispanic actor right now, Alex? That's getting some steam. <laughs> what? Um, me? No. Uh, <laughs> I, Hispanic. I, I would say anyone from Hamilton. That's Take not one of those Leslie guys. Odom Jr. He could be Alex Cora, and then you could get the the guy who was the drunk oh, totally. pitcher um, mm-hmm. from that that Benchwarmers movie with Rob Schneider, where they bring in the the drunk guy who's apparently only 14 I don't know why I'm bringing what? up bench warmers uh, but that guy can play Carlos Beltran like we got this whole thing set up we're gonna we're gonna direct and produce and we're gonna be we're gonna win an Oscar and we're gonna be loaded I'm all um, for that strong style media <laughs> PGA producers guild coming at you like it's just so you 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 get rid of Jeff Lunau for cheating as your general manager yep. so then you promote his assistant well, at Are first, you... weren't they only suspended for a year without pay? And then Crane yeah, was then like, they nope. Yeah, got fired. Nope, we're fired. And, and like, yeah, it's, really, it's crazy. To save face. But then well, they yeah. promote, they promote the guy. They promote his understudy. All right, now, when you come in here, you know what you got to do. Don't cheat, wink, wink. And then, it, and then you find out it's... You thought you won the fight? And then yes! you find out Jim Crane wears contacts, and he was just trying to fix his contacts. But the new guy's like, oh, whatever you say, boss. And then <laughs> the Looney Tune logo comes out, and <laughs> can't do the real one for copyright you know, reasons. But it's, it's a freaking mess. I mean, the hot seat for the, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, I mean, this interview, it's eye-opening. Carl Ravitch, again, real MVP for just going at him. But not like, you know, again, in the Carl Ravitz way, his tone is just there. And you could just see through his, his facials and sometimes on, on how he would enunciate different words. You're just like, okay, like, let's hear, you know, a, a four-minute repetitive BS statement you just said seven minutes ago. So it's, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> watch. And, you know, it's, it's nothing uh, – it's, it's something that's going to cover baseball this whole season. You know, uh, Rob Manfred said – there's zero tolerance. There should be no retaliation from opposing pitchers against the Astros this year. And Carl Ravitz is like, but yet the players don't get punished, and you can understand that? Of the ones that actually cheated. I love Carl Ravitz's face in those videos you sent me where he's just sitting there with his leg crossed and like, yeah, 
like I can smell the shit coming out of your breath right now. <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> and and Manfred's lip is just so sweaty. Like from the first like forty seconds, <laughs> you watch it. And I swear, I was like, wow, the bulb uh, must have gotten really brighter in that room, or that guy is just feeling the heat. It was within the first minute, you could just see sweat over his lip brow, like, or the indentation. You're just like, wow, this is going to be a long time. And then when Ravager was like, do you want to expand on anything that we talked about at the end of the interview? Manfred's like, nope, we're all good. See you later. (laughs) Crazy. Well, like, and and then he was talking about what uh when when someone on the team was like talking about Manfred how he knows nothing about baseball and yeah. just just going ham about it and he's like ah I don't know what his opinions about or what he's talking about bro, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro that's the, you pay that man is he you one pay, and done you are you talking about Manfred Manfred yeah I mean is, is he done within what. Give or take, or over under three years, is he out of as as oh, baseball? Oh man, that's a good question, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you could tell he's trying things, and I think some people like that he's trying things. Like I have the they're 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 trying the new thing with the with the strike zone next year, and they proposed the uh, the playoff expansion. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, um, but that's which, what the, the pitcher playoff- said that he was an idiot for. Yeah, he's like the guy that's oh, yeah, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I give him credit that he's trying things, but this is such a dark scandal over the, like, such a dark cloud over the sport of baseball that I don't know how you come out of this. Like, I don't know and how he already mishandled it. it. That's why. I mean, but I, yeah. Like you said, he's trying to do some new innovations, but I, I think this kind of overshadows these new innovations that. that I'm sure other people probably had and not him. So let me let me say this here real quick. If I understand the fact that it's something that's never happened before, so you don't necessarily understand what the repercussions need to be, so you don't fully know how to divvy out punishments, I will give him the benefit of the doubt with that. Mm-hmm. But still like it just feels like he undervalued how big of a deal this really was and i think part of it was i think he prematurely debbied out these 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 penalties they should have waited mm-hmm. until this this investigation was farther out the buzzer came out the cameras in center field came out the fact that they now know they were able to do it on the road for years like all of this came out after they they sent out punishments so that's that's one thing i feel like they should have uh Maybe they should have waited on it. Uh, I don't know if he reinstates Pete Rose. I mean, not only will uh, Kane be happy, but I think uh, he, he might get some of those old timers on his side. Uh, yeah. It's a sticky thing. I, I mean, I, I would say, I would say under three years. I think he, he, he's out. Another sticky thing, Alex, because uh, obviously we have four main segments tonight, which means we have three mini segments going old school with this bitch we're gonna we got a real mvp that'll be coming up shortly three strikes later in the show but first we already got one where i see jordan calling in here so we're gonna grab him because i said if anyone wants to jump in with this but alex are you ready for it uber facts the most unimportant things you'll never need to know ladies and gentlemen it's time for a round of uber facts jordan jisker on the line welcome welcome 
for the game of Uber. <laughs> Welcome. Nice. <laughs> I'm always excited about Uber Tags, man. <laughs> Why would I not want to play Uber Tags? <laughs> Let's see, guys. George Jessica jumping in here. They'll be back Wednesday, normal time that they've been rocking it. We we uh we came on me and Alex like, damn it, we gotta we gotta rep this five year anniversary. We gotta talk the All Star game, but we're giving it we're giving a little bit of the outside. We got some NHL coming out. We got we got some throwback reviewing or previewing NXT takeover because we always throw wrestling in the bitch, and we need to preview it sometime before a wrestlecast anyway. And we gotta talk the All Star game, but first, Uber facts cover down the pipe. Um, Jordan, as you've called in, I will have you give your answer first. Alex, you can jump in second. Um, that way, we'll give it a couple seconds in case Elijah does want to call in. But as the rules of Uber Facts go, I have four facts for you that are all factually true. One of them I have altered. You need to tell me which facts I have altered. And Ooh. it's not the correct fact. Number one, owls don't have eyeballs. Instead, they have fixed eye tubes that require them to move their entire head to look in different directions. Number two, hmm. roughly 95% of the spiders you find in your home were either born in or have ad- adapted to life indoors. Chances are they will die if you put them outside. Number three, your head ages faster than your feet. Your feet are closer to the center of the Earth's gravitational field where time moves slightly slower. And number four, it only takes 10 minutes for alcohol to hit your brain. Jordan, which is hmm. the fake fact? Um, That's a toughie. I feel like uh, it's got to be between, personally, I think it's between the alcohol and the, uh, I feel like the spiders. <laughs> uh, that aside, I'm, I'm going to lean towards the That's alcohol. That's my worst but... nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, what's your thought on the Uber fact? In my 20s, the alcohol one would have made sense into my early 30s. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> oof. But the owl eyeball thing, I mean, yeah, that does make sense. How do they turn their head around? What did you say? There were rod cones? Uh, uh, eye tubes. Eye tubes. Huh. Which could be a completely ooh, fake one. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's, was also a red flag for me. So, yeah, I'm going to go owl iTubes. All right. So, you guys were both smart to stay away from the 95% of spiders you find in your home were either born or adapted to life indoors. Chances are they will die. That is disgusting. I had to put that in there because of how gross it is. Just think um, of the ones also, that crawl out of your mouth uh, when you're sleeping. They can't crawl in my mouth because I got a goddamn machine. <laughs> <See, laughs> Looking like oh, Big Bam Vader. Hell yeah. Oof. It's breathing time. <laughs> so instead, they have to go to Jen's mouth, and she hates Whoa. it. They're gonna get that eight little <laughs> freak in her mouth. I, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a joke in there somewhere, but I, I don't think it's appropriate. I think that's. I'm already sending it stuff. via the text. I'm already. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are also smart to stay away from the the fact that your head does age faster. Because your feet are closer to the uh, Earth's gravitational field. That leaves two left. That leaves one of you as the correct one. Science. It just sounded right. It just sounded right. Jordan, it only takes 10 minutes for alcohol to hit your brain. Is actually the incorrect Uber fact. Jordan, you are the winner. The correct fact is it actually only takes six minutes to actually hit your brain, which is even worse. 
I know how booze hits me. I, uh, <laughs> I'm getting ready to pour a margarita in a little bit here, so I, I, I see the margarita. Ready to go. Ten minutes, ten minutes seemed a little under. <laughs> uh, Jordan, thank you for playing Uber Facts. I, I, I very well might be online later to try this tournament mode that that you have so spoke of. Uh, in the the duty uh, of call. Well, you know, I, I I'll have to do it. Uh, you know, uh, as far as uh, I know, you were just talking about the, the punishments and stuff like that. I feel like it's a, a, a dastardly thing. I think uh, Manfred's got to step up. He's got to make a uh, a, a um, got to make a rule. What do you think the punishment should be, Jordan? Oh, I, I think I, I think obviously if the the, the world sport of soccer um, can ban teams for multiple years, um, I feel like uh, I feel like America's pastime should be able to do the same. You know what I mean? I know there's repercussions uh, fiscally for some of these, um, you know, I'll call them, uh, we'll call them lower-level employees, but at the same time, um, you know, there's just a situation where they, uh, they, they, they cheated. They cheated out the fans. They cheated out the players. They cheated out the other teams. They cheated everyone who follows the sport of baseball, and uh, there needs to be some consequences and repercussions uh, as far as that goes. Hell yeah. Bunch of so trash. Damn. Damn. Scam. As, as Keanu Reeves was called it, scab in the replacement. Let's call Jose Altuve a scab in this one. Scam. 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 It's interesting to see that. Yeah, I, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. On a whole, who was it? Uh, was it? Carlos Correa comes out and tells me. Jordan, it sounds like you're getting kidnapped. Yeah, I don't know if you're on a boat or talking in a glass cup. (laughs) I I might be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a situation where uh, Liam Nielsen uses very particular set of skills to say this. But uh, I mean, you know, but but you know, I I think Carlos Correa said, you know, Bellinger needs to shut the hell up with you know unless they know everything or whatever. And I think it's a situation where honestly, I think the Astros need to shut the hell up when their (laughs) owner can't even get the situation, uh, the situations uh, whether or not they quote unquote uh, affected the game or not. I mean, it was like uh, it was probably one of the most cringeworthy uh, interviews I've ever seen in my life. And uh, and and it's one of those things where I just I can't believe that uh, their PR has not said, all right, guys. Uh, at this point, we're just not going to talk about it because right now they're fueling the flames. That is all they are doing. They're not doing themselves any favors in the grand scheme of things. So um, that would be my advice to the Astros organization right now is, is shut the hell up um, sure. or, or just full on. What's up? Explain to me why Carlos Correa, and I, and I said this before, and Alex, I'm, third time to try, we're going to play this clip for, for Jordan so he can hear this too because it's so egregious. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't help. I, I have to do it. He, um, when Korea's like Jose Altuve came up to us and said, do not bang on the trash can. I am real. I do not need you to help me. I can do this on my own. And, and he didn't want me to rip off his jersey because he had a new tattoo that wasn't finished. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You expect me to believe any word that comes out of your mouth? And the biggest farce, Jordan, we played this clip twice, and I'm going to play it a third time. This is Jim Crane being interviewed hmm. on Thursday when they all yeah. reported the spring training. It. Did, did you hear what he what he doubled up? That's the one that I was talking about. Like that's the yeah. one, like it was it was it was legitimately it was like watching uh, the 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 Charlie Murphy stories with uh, with um, we did not with, impact with Rick James. I didn't say James. I didn't impact like, the what, what game. The hell? 
what, what the hell? What, what the hell? I'm a grown ass man. What the hell am I gonna do? Put my feet on his couch? Hell yeah, I'll put my feet on his couch. Like, come on, man. It was so egregious. It was terrible. But we did did not impact the game. Well, how do you mean it didn't impact the game? I never said it didn't impact the game. Yes, you did. He literally did that. I thought I wanted to fight. I thought I wanted to fight. No, not only did he say he won the fight, but he said, like, like I said, it was just one of those things where he denied it. And then he, well, no, he, he, he said it and then he denied it. And it's just like, what? Like, I can't, I, like, I, I, I saw that interview and, I, and I, I damn near threw my phone. And I, here's the thing is, I don't truly have a, a horse in this race. Other than the fact that I, I, you know how I think the past three years running, I picked Yankees Dodgers in the championship and it hasn't happened yet. And I wonder uh, why. But, 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 yeah, but at the, <laughs> right. But at the, but at the same time, all right. At the same time, again, I watched that interview and I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, who, who, why would you get in front of this organ, this, this press corps, say that phrase, and then double down the wrong way? I mean, like, it's just, it's because he's rich. And they're not doing because he's rich. That's why. And he's out of yeah. t- look where look where he's coming from. Houston, Texas, Texas. They don't give a damn. They think they're their their own United States. So, I mean, they're just – they have that brush-it-off mentality. I mean, hell, we could even bring it into wrestling. We can call them the Houston Heelstros. And, I mean, that's how crazy this is going to be. Every game, every stadium they go to now, they're just going to get booed and booed. It's going to be insane to see how long that lasts, you know, this season with baseball. I got to be honest. You know, they've already already said – Manfred's already said there's going to be punishment for people throwing – who throw at these guys. I got to be honest, game one, I'm starting like the fifth guy off the bench. And I'm going to say, you know what? You know what? Go to fucking town. That's what I'm saying. Because honestly, I, I just I, I just think it's atrocious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, totally. I, I bring in the baseball. I'm going to bring in the the baseball equivalent of, like, uh, of Mark Madsen. I'm bringing, in, I'm bringing in five fouls to give because this guy – this guy's gonna get it done for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody gonna call John Rocker to come back and to start throwing at people? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think John Rocker's the guy you want put in in regards to uh, any sort of maybe getting a microphone put in front of him. Um, but uh, he got a little snake on his arm. I thought. <laughs> you know, hmm. maybe I'm just saying. Maybe uh, maybe maybe we get somebody a little uh, a little cleaner in regards to you know who maybe hasn't had that much controversy behind him already. No, we already got enough controversy. Let's just add more to it. Why not? Let's just let's throw more fuel on the fire, baby. Oh We're gonna burn God. it down. Burn it down. Let's just make it happen, baby. <laughs> let's get Kurt Silly to activate himself. Let's go, <laughs> bloody Fox killing all, baby. Randy Johnson's killing birds in this bitch. Come on. Oh, it's hunting season. <laughs> Jordan, thanks yeah, for calling ridiculous. in, man. Appreciate you calling Always, in, man. I'll, I'll be on tonight if I can I, pry myself away from tennis. I have like seven hours logged in last night of tennis. Uh, nice. I actually want to play that too. But hey, uh, I, I do have to say real quick beforehand happy anniversary of Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all. Yeah. Uh, to Ryan, to the All Star Game weekend. Shout out to the Sniffles. All right. Yeah. Shout out to all of that. I remember the damn phone call I got like, hey, listen to this and tell me what you think. And I just gave the beefiest fucking critique of all time. Um, 
but uh, <laughs> I, I just I just gotta I gotta keep it real. It's been an awesome ride. It's always cool just to get on and, and, and have some fun with you guys. So um, keep it up. Um, you know, me and uh, Elijah will be on Wednesday to do our portion of the show, and I know you're going to talk XFL, and I know you guys were just talking about putting microphones in front of people. How do you put microphones in front of people right after they throw picks going into oh, halftime, yeah. and then you get fucking pulled from the game, and then you got to sit there and watch the team play? <laughs> There's no I'll just see the phone oh, the game right now. That dude was so mad at that chick. When he fumbles on the defenders or whatever, he's like, I just need to focus on the game right now. And she's like, okay. And she walks away. <laughs> I love it. I got you. Do it. <laughs> George, just here, ladies and gentlemen, coming in. That was so funny when that, that lady was like, how do you feel about the fumble? He's like, it happened. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to watch the game now. And she's like, okay. And then she just walked away. <laughs> that guy was so pissed off. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I think that that is very annoying. You, you're talking to the coaches and just ask him, asking them why they're coaching. It's like, why do you guys suck? Like, I was watching the New York game yesterday, and the dude's like, I don't, and he's yelling at the announcers, like, you gotta, you gotta stop talking. You know, it's like, like on the air, and I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. I was like, why would you even do this? Like the kickoff, everyone was talking about. I was like, oh. Okay, this is interesting. It seemed like a really bad YouTube video for a second. I'm like, oh, now they're gonna all start dancing. But you know, it's it's cool, I guess, watching Division like Three football. The only reason I could say I like the kickoff is I think it's gonna cause like less CTE. Well, correct. I mean, the the health standard of it it, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't against it. I I kind of like how they don't have to rush like 40 yards before they. They hit contact. It should be right off the line there. That's what you're taught in football is hit it right off the line. So, I mean, I, I think that, that aspect is pretty cool. So, um, But, you know, it, it is what it is. Video game rumors, what have you, to me, just play NFL Blitz. Go to your local 18 and over arcade. I'm sure they have it. They're one in, in like, or two in every city now, it seems like, across America. But anywho, um, it's not something, you know, I guess if I'm definitely bored, I'll watch. But it wasn't anything where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like NFL Europe, circa 2007. Yeah, the Barcelona Flame, baby. The Frankfurt Galaxy, let's go. But again, the, I, the minor league aspect, I do do like, you know, it's good for, you know, teams that kind of have their picking. It's wrestling in that sense, too, with their farm system. So, you know, it is what it is. That's that's a that's a positive for the league there. And, you know, it's not something where I'll, I'll you know, make sure to watch every week. If I'm home, the thing, sure, I'll check it out. The thing I'll say about the XFL that I like is they're not trying to be something they're not. And I think well, that's what I enjoy mistakes. about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a good point. It's a very good point. Is they, they know what they're not. And their their whole thing is, we, uh, Barcelona Dragons, Georgia said, <laughs> man, let's let's re, let's let's ring ring that NFL Europe fantasy draft style. Um, they know what they are. They're we want to be the gateway to the NFL. And I think if you take this and treat it as the NBA G League, the NFL could use this as a minor league system to test and try new rules, um, mm-hmm. new new ways to play the game. That's what the NBA does. And in fairness. The first go-round of the XFL, as much as people crap on it, the NFL changed the entire way that they run their camera work 
based off the XFL. The XFL's camera mm-hmm. work That's and true. production blew everything away the NFL to the fact the NFL stole that. I don't care what anybody says. Yep. NFL wasn't doing Great like, XFL but, documentary on 30 for 30, and they do yeah, highlight that good spot. Call. The, 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 whole, the whole camera that was on like the rotating rope that went all the way across the field, yep. like, NFL wasn't doing that stuff, and they were like, "My God!" But that, that's why we always praise Vince McMahon. Is he, he doesn't know how to build talent. He does he innovate, know stars, but he does no production. He does no innovation, like you yeah. said. He does no entertainment. He knows how to make money. Um, he just he doesn't know how to create a wrestler anymore, and that's something we'll get into tomorrow, I'm sure. Like we do every day. <laughs> um, yeah. So XFL, it is what it is. I mean, I have it on the docket that we might talk about it if we have some time, but we're already an hour into the show and we've hit one of our topics as we normally do here. Shout out to, I'm sure this will be the longest sports cast in a while. Cause we don't know how to shut up on this, uh, this show, but I want to go into the NBA all-star weekend. The, yes. the Saturday night. This was one of the funner versions of the skills competition type things that I have seen in a long time. Um, we, we saw, uh, a lot of great shooting, a lot of bad shooting. We saw a lot of fun on the the skills competition portion of the uh, the, the opening. I think I think it's the uh, Mountain Dew skills competition, which is really fun. Uh, the dunk contest was really good, but everything was yeah. crazy. When you look at the skills competition to open the open the thing, the, the with the dribbling, passing, and shooting, every single player that was taller won, which is unheard of. And it all went down hmm. to Bam out of bio defeating Demonis Sabonis um, as the as the first winner, which is crazy, you know, as as the winner. But everything was so fun. People had so like everybody was having a good time, and they set a tone to what I thought was one of the best Saturday nights I've seen in a long time. Like this is on par with 2016, with the mm-hmm. Stephen Clay shooting and the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon dunk contest. Um, I think dunk contest wise, this goes back to Vince Carter. And the fact that Ooh. this had so much to do with 1988 all over again in the same, same <laughs> yep. city and everything, city. the controversy was beautiful. Um, Three-point contest we had. Joe Harris came in to defend his crown, did not advance. We saw Devin Booker, Buddy Heald. Um, I mean, 23 points didn't get you in. Davis Bertans, I think, was 25 points and was the third person to enter it. Which is insane, correct. because I'm talking to you as we start, and you're like, this white guy can't shoot. This is this is a travesty. I'm like, I know, yeah, but just wait. <laughs> you'll figure it out. And, then Dennis and I was Burkhans like, what's worse, a white guy in the dunk contest or a white guy not shooting well? I, I, I was confused, but um, no, and then he picks it up after, like, I swear, the phantom ninth ball in the uh, the middle rack there, and I was like, oh, he has two more racks to go, and he miraculously came, but it was uh, some some pretty nice shooting there, and I'm, I'm watching clips of the uh, skills challenge here, and uh, I, I love how, you know, they, they emphasize this, you know, the NHL's been doing it during their All-Star weekends, you know, as well, but, you know, to see these big guys, you know, kind of hitting threes, which, you know, is kind of becoming the norm now in the league, is, is still pretty damn cool to see in a, a setting like this, and a basketball city like Chicago. Uh, but then we get to the dunk contest, travesty all around. <laughs> travesty. Um, Aaron Gordon gets five straight fifties and doesn't win. How is that not a travesty? Like, how how does he not? Derrick Jones Jr. Don't get me wrong, had a forty nine and then fifty out the rest of it. Pat Connaughton 
By the way, shout out to DJ Khaled who's announcing these guys. He's like, next up, my man's from the Milwaukee Bucks. Pat, I don't think I'm going to say your name right, but I believe it's <laughs> Connington. Like, that's how he introduced them to the thing. Like, oh, my God, DJ Khaled. Why don't you have a rehearsal? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think yeah. I can pronounce name right, but I'm going to try. Connington. And, and he said he was his boy? Yeah. From the Milwaukee Bucks. Man. Uh, Someone's a liar. <laughs> he must be an Astros fan. He does the Billy Hoyle backwards hat with the with the, <laughs> the tie dye. He's got the shorts, the shoes. Yep. And he does the dunk. And then he shakes on the rim, just like when Billy Hoyle finally did the dunk and White Man Can't Jump. Doesn't get the credit for it, unfortunately. I don't think the people knew what that was, but deep down I'm like, you gotta give him more points for that. Um, Dwight Howard had two dunks They were alright But Dwight Howard Superman homage, he had the 24 It was it was yeah. a nice nice little spot there Did you The guy uh, threw it from behind the rim Yeah, that was dope I mean, it was still cool Like they said, he should have threw it uh, Into the rim yeah. like he did that one time But he wanted to make sure he made it um, He had a really good pregame speech with uh, Kristen Ledlow and Dwight just felt like a different person. It was kind of like I talked oh, yeah. about um, with, with Jordan and Elijah on Wednesday about John Jones, how he just seemed like a different human being. But Dwight Howard was like, you know, I want to, I want to show you guys how this is like a, like a retribution from the last few years and how I've matured and erasing out last year. And like, he, it was one of those things where I was like, all right, Dwight, I accept you, man, what you were like, mm-hmm. I don't have that beef that I did. In 2014 and you know it's almost like Dwight Howard was the epitome of hitting rock bottom in your career where you may never get another job again and then resurging yourself you know he slimmed down 20 pounds he looks lean he became hell. humbled for sure yeah he was getting and, he was getting money but I mean I, I sensed the you know kind of over the summer with the free agency you know that was like and then getting re-signed by the Lakers you know, that that has to humble you in a way. It's like, okay, I'm literally given a second chance. I could win a championship here with LeBron, Anthony Davis. I can try to mentor Anthony Davis, you know, because he was people. I mean, I don't know if people forgot, but this guy was defensive player of the year so many years. I mean, the blocks, it, it was just, he was such a great player. He got a team to the, you know, he pulled a LeBron. Got an Orlando team that had no business going to the NBA Finals. He put them on their back and brought them to the finals that year, albeit they got swept. But again, so did LeBron, you know, that year. But, you know, it's 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 nice to see this. And, and like you said, you know, kind of winning back, you know, fans that he lost over, you know, the, the last five years of, of you know, all that, that cockiness and, and what have you. So, Well, and let's not forget, too, that um, – the and this is something that I always, I never give credit to because I was so bitter, but Dwight Howard's last year at the Lakers, he led the league in rebounding. So as bad of a year as it was, he still led the NBA in rebounds. It was like 13.4 boards a game. Um, But he just, he felt like a whole different person. And I was really happy for him and I was excited and nobody, nobody thought he was going to win. And he, he had the worst showing and he didn't care. And he was happy and he was excited and he enjoyed himself. And it just, I'm like, all right, Dwight, my beef is over. You know, let's high five. Let's win this championship together. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's it was hard for me a little bit, and I know it's been 
you know, we're going on almost a month. January 26th is when the Kobe thing happened. And Kobe was supposed to be a huge proprietor in the Dwight Howard dunk contest. Like everybody, like everybody Lakers wise knew about that. I heard on LA radio and they talked about it a lot where Kobe was working with them and Kobe wanted to, he was going to be the guy to set him up with his passes to show the unity that they, they're back together and they've, they've, they've mended ways and they're here for the greater good of the Lakers organization. And I was really excited for that. So just the fact that he still went in there and, and did it all in the, in the tribute with the 24 on the, on the, on the S and I just had a lot invested in it and I was really happy and I was really proud of Dwight Howard. I don't, I don't know if that's something I can say fully being, I've never met the man, but I was proud of him. I was a hundred percent proud of him. And I thought he did tremendous and I thought he was a great representative for the organization. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It's, it's, you know, just kind of seeing him watching, you know, a few games this year with the Lakers interviews, you know, with, with him. Yeah. I, I see the progression that he's made as a human being and, and looking, you know, to affect change to, to help this team. So yeah, kudos, yeah. Dwight. Kudos. So Chicago All-Star Game tonight here, Team Giannis, Team LeBron, or we should just call it Team LA Lights, um, you know, taking on Team uh, Milwaukee Light. But some some interesting teams here. I mean, uh, I don't know. Did you watch the, the draft a couple of weeks ago when, when, they, when they picked teams there? Yeah, Giannis had to take his boy Chris Middleton, as always. And every year I always laugh, but then the more and more I watch it, Chris Middleton is turning out to be one hell of a player, yeah. man. Holy Isn't he like crap. averaging like 23 points a game? <laughs> he's so good. And he, he's on that like low-key level. Like you wouldn't, you know, you know what I mean? Like he kind of flows under the mm-hmm. radar, but you're like, oh, damn, Chris Middleton did this. And oh, damn, Chris Middleton did that. And like, God, he's Car- Carl Anthony uh, Towns, though, your, your boy, the, the Timberwolf if you will, uh, the face of your franchise, not picked on either team. What, what's, what do you think was going on with that aspect? I think he didn't make the all-star team because the team is so awful. Like, wow. I know he's having a career year in points and rebounds, and I, I, I understand that he probably was a snub, but when your team is so pathetic, I just you can't put him on there. Why like, are the Timberwolves that- pathetic? You had a, a team on paper that, again, every year we're like, well, this will they break out? Are they going to win 48 games again? And 16, 17 wins, I, I think you guys have. And, <laughs> I mean, at least the Bulls are in the East. So they're, you know, like three games out of the eighth spot, it seems like, when I check every other day here. So <laughs> Bulls are Bulls are 19 and 36, and they're five games out of the eighth seed. <laughs> like... So they've fallen a little bit here, but but still, you know, they have a better shot than than the Timberwolves do. But yeah. you know, you trade, you know, you finally get rid of Andrew Riggin, uh, Wiggins. So people are like, you know, thank God. Some people are like, what are you doing? But you know, he just didn't, you know, transpire here in in Minnesota. You know, so of course the trade from you know to Golden State there, and of course you get your boy, your former Laker, um, and. Ice in my and, you know, do, do you see something here that could be good for to build into the 2020-2021 season? Yeah, because you finally got a point guard who can run your team. So I think that's really good. And now with Wiggins, or Wiggins, with Russell and Towns together, Russell, yep. the, I think that opens the door for Devin Booker. Ooh. Where Ooh, I'm not okay. sure how they get the deal done. It's going to have to be their first-round pick this year. 
um, I would think. Yeah, but you get an immediate stud. Yeah, I mean, you got to make contract. I mean, they they freed up money. They got rid of Gorgie Dang. They they got rid of enough contracts to make it work. But I think that's your, you know, you give them Jarrett Culver. You give them your first-round pick. Maybe Josh Akogi, something like that. And I think you get Devin Booker. Because I think Devin Booker now put, gets, gets put in a situation where he can go to Phoenix and say, look, I don't, I'm not going to resign here. Uh, I'm going to go side with the Tim Rules. So if you want something from him, you should probably trade me there. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just going to go there free will myself. Wow. Um, I don't know how long Devin Booker has on his contract. Um, I can get that figured out here. Let me go to hoop site. Um, but I thought Devin Booker, oh, Marcin Gortat announces his retirement. I, I didn't think Devin Booker just resigned, but maybe he did. Um, I thought it was one of those things where Booker still has, or is, is coming up as restricted. God, Portland is the number one salary in the M- and the NBA, and they're five games out of a playoff spot. That's insane. Uh, yeah, Devin Booker did get locked up, so he's he just signed a five-year deal. So realistically, Phoenix doesn't have to move. Oh, so that won't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, if he's disgruntled, you never know what could happen. I guess. But I think that's the next move. I think Gerson Rosas is going to try to make that move. The Timberwolves have the fifth highest salary cap. You know, he, let me tell you this, which is crazy. Portland one, Orlando four, and, and Minnesota five on, on the highest salary in the, in the league. And they're not good mm. teams. Like Portland, Portland should be good. Now, Evan Turner's an expiring contract off the ter- Timberwolves next year. Alan Crabb's off the book next year. So that's $36 million they free up. So they have enough money to absorb Devin Booker. It's just, will... Phoenix take a Jared Culver, Josh Akogi, mm-hmm. first round pick kind of a kind of a thing. I think that's the ultimate question. Oof. I don't think any of that will will unfortunately transpire. I mean, but I mean, I don't know. I it's it's like with the Bulls, you know, we we have a few key components, you know, here and there, and and I, you know, it just seems like no one even wants to come and play for Chicago anymore. You know, where it seems like I wouldn't think we would be on that Timberwolves level, you know, because you know you, you guys haven't really attracted free agents, you know, no. Russell, you know, like you said, he was like, I I want to play for the, you know, for for Minnesota here, so I mean that that is definitely a huge get. You know, and and especially with you guys, you know, finally clearing yourself of Wiggins, where the Bulls, you know, you have to give up a key component to get some someone else. But it seems like again in free agency, no one wants to come. It seems like there's a pretty good young infrastructure, but it also then it seems like there's like seven guys who, maybe eight guys who are you know maybe G League at times. But you guys I mean, seems like you have a deeper bench. I mean, Bulls got fifty five million in the next two years owed to Otto Porter. That's a huge contract that yeah. isn't panning out. I mean, Levine's on the books three years. Thad Young's on the books, getting about 14 a year. Thomas Sadoransky's getting 30 over the next three. But, I mean, you have a lot of a lot of cap-friendly deals. Cristiano Felicio, 8 million. Chris Dunn's making five and seven. Colby White's on his rookie deal. Lori Markkinen's on his rookie deal. Wendell Carter's on his rookie deal. Denzel Valentine is too. Um, Ryan Arcia Diacano. R.C. Diacano, I can never say his name right. He's only making $9 million over three years. Daniel Gafford's not making a lot of money. Antonio Blank, he's making one point five. So, I mean, you have a lot of cap-friendly deals. If you guys could get rid of get rid of Otto Porter, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys got about thirty-five, forty million to spend. Like you said, right, we'll we'll, we'll trade them to you guys for uh, for cat. Uh, no and no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that's. I, any hope of me still being a hometown fan will have left the building. <laughs> if I see a freaking billboard on my way to work that says "Welcome, you're new." Timberwolf Auto Porter. No, not today. Not today. <laughs> is it uh, you know from from Ryan Saunders, the coach? Do you do you think there just needs to be a little bit more maturity on his end? Do you think he ended up being kind of the right guy for the job, um, or or I mean, are, is it too soon to judge? I think it's too soon to judge. He's he, you got to realize that this guy has had an awful roster. You know what I mean? Like, he's had nobody really doing anything, and there's no heart. I still stand to this day and say the dumbest thing ever was they got rid of Jimmy Butler. Yeah. He got him to the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. Be mad about Jimmy Butler. They were that butterhurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deal with it. Grow up. You're adults. You're getting paid to do this job. Man up and do it. So I just, I, that bothers me a lot. But time will tell, man. Time will tell oh. how this goes. That the All Star Game is starting in about an hour. Um, nice uh, tribute by Donovan Dijak on uh, NXT Uh-oh. Takeover Portland. Don't, don't give me no spoilers, Alex. Don't give me no spoilers because we're going to preview that. Takeover. But first, before we preview <laughs> NXT Takeover, waiting for the sound. <laughs> to get all all 10 in the list. Alex, um, I realize that three strikes is usually three lists. So yeah. I made oh. two lists in case. Did Perfect. you make one? I did. Um, but, I kinda did I, but I kind of did like 20. Um, it, it was kind of okay. the same. I split it in decades just in case too. So. Okay. So since we have we, we have three and, and we'll, we'll, Alex, I'll sandwich you in the middle and you can do it however you want to do it. I'll do your two. Oh, Jay White's in the crowd, by the way. Can you, you, you're you're going to get me to hang up with you and have <laughs> I'm like, this NXT show, I'm like so excited for, but I'm not excited for, if that makes any sense. Because like, I think Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano could be a really good match. But how the hell did they not give this match any build-up? So like, I'm so confused with a lot of these things on these, these shows here. Uh, but we'll get into that. Um, I know yours is All-Star Game related, so that's why I wanted to piece yes. this in here right before we go into NXT, because I wanted to give you a chance to get some dubs, Alex. Whoa. So mine are both wrestling I like related. That. Perfect, perfect. I, Thank you. Um, and I both... know you're an NBA head, and uh, – oh. That's what I like. I like. So, we're gonna start. I'm gonna. I have two of them. Do okay. you want list one or do you want list two? I'll do list two. Okay, list number two, Alex. I have the ten people who have the most reigns 
as Intercontinental Champion in WWE history. Whoa. Now, let me say this. Um, numbers 9 and 10 are combined into two because there was a five-way tie at the same number. So mm-hmm. if you hit two of those five, I'll give you 9 and 10. The first eight are different, but it was such a log jam that I didn't want to make it, you know, hit top 13. So, hmm. three strikes. Who have held the most, who has the most reigns as Intercontinental Champion of the WWE? I'm going to have to go The Miz. All right, that's number two. Uh, I'm going to have to go Bret Hart. Uh, that is the first strike. I don't know where the buzzer is. Wow. Oh, I found it. Interesting. Um, as you did give me, uh, you did give me the Miz. Let me hit this. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy to me. Um, I'm going to have to go triple H. Triple H is number seven. Wow. Two down. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, number one at nine. Wow. I thought the Miz broke that. That's interesting. Um, Give me one more tie. So I'm going to go. Just like Kento Miyahara. (laughs) He is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Hashtag heel, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler at number three. Wow, okay, okay. Tied for third with two other people. I'm going to go the guy guy who got me into wrestling uh, and and made the Intercontinental Championship special for me and probably my all-time favorite belt, the bad guy himself, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon is one of the ones that is tied for four reigns, so you will get that. Wow, okay. Um... So you need number four, five, six, eight, and then one of the four log jams. Um, Doing pretty good here. Kofi Kingston. What about that? Kofi Kingston is one of the log jams, Alex. That is the correct buzzer. So you need number eight, number six, number five, and number four. Only four left. They have six reigns and five reigns. For some reason, I'm thinking Eddie Guerrero. Um, Dean Ambrose, he's held that that quite a bit. Oh, wow. Okay. Two strikes, one more to go, Alex. I mean, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, human being. Something a little different, of course, with the uh, unfortunate uh, tragedy of of his life. But uh, the Crippler Crossface, Chris Benoit. They traded that ish back and forth. Wow, Alex, that would that was one of the log jams at four, so it wasn't fully wrong, but it wasn't in the top ones. So you had number one Chris Jericho, number two The Miz, number three Dolph Ziggler, number four, the luckiest and smartest businessman in all of pro wrestling, Alex, who every time you think he's going to be screwed, always finds a way to come afloat. He Marty Jannetty. 
He was the number two entrant in the 2019 Royal Rumble. J-E-double-F, J-A-double-R-E, double T, Jeff Jarrett, with six. Wow, six reigns. <laughs> uh, number five, uh, he is the guy who got uh, Impact taken off of Twitch. Mr. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, Rob yeah, Van Dyke. Nice. Uh, n- number six, I'm afraid he's got some bad news for you. Wade Barrett. No way. And so eight, underutilized. So underutilized. He made his return at the Royal Rumble only to get taken off a of TV the next night on Raw. Edge. <laughs> That's pretty good, though, Alex. You did pretty good. Don't get me wrong. You did pretty good, man. Oh, you were nailed. Oh. All right. You're up, sir. What do you got for me? Uh, Already, of course, the All-Star weekend comes to an end tonight with uh, Team Giannis taking on Team LeBron. Um, But, of course, what we all remember, what we all grew up on was the Friday and Saturday nights, specifically Saturdays, where we had the skills, three points, and, of course, the slam dunk contest. Of course, starting in 1984, um, had a few years in the the 90s that uh, they did not have a slam dunk contest. So... I figured with Ryan's vast knowledge of, of NBA uh, players, but of course, I'm sure All-Star Weekends, even though we missed the rock and jock jams of, uh, of yesteryear, um, I'm going to, uh, to test Mr. Cook here and go with oh. the 10 winners of the Land Dunk Contest from 2010 to 2019. Okay, so two, four, six, eight. Okay. So we're not calling Derek Jones then, right? No, to to, uh, okay. to 2019. So 2010 to 2019. Okay, well, the year before was Hamadou Diallo. Yep. Um, Zach Levine. Yes. Nate Robinson. Was that the year he did the uh, the 50th try with the soccer kick? That might or was have been that the one before. He, he won two years in a row, and then he lost the the third year before that was to Dwight Howard. He won it like he won it like three times. So I'm assuming he's got to have won it fifty times. But yes, Nate was Robinson it? is correct. Uh, Blake Griffin jumped the Kia. I remember yep, that happened. That's correct. Um, what is that? How many do I have here? You have twenty. You have twenty ten. Nate Robinson, twenty eleven. Blake Griffin. You have twenty fifteen. Zach Levine, and of course twenty nineteen. Hamadou Diallo. Um. So okay, twenty twelve. Twenty. At Staples. Yep, that's correct. Twenty eighteen. Um, Gerald Green. <laughs> Shit. Um. This is what all those obscure players wanted. And I'm giving uh, oh, you Glenn Zach Levine twice, by the way. The big dog junior won it. Yep, I was about to say, the third dog. <laughs> so am I missing That's three? 2017. Uh, that is correct. You're missing 2012, 2013, oh, and 2014. God. Okay, this was a... This was a... Mm. John Wall won one year. I don't remember what year it was. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'll be a true. 2014, John Wall. 
Um, there was a guy on Utah who won it like two years in a row. Uh, Didn't you already say Mitchell? No, it wasn't him. It was it was like a he he won it I think in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. The uh, they are John two Wall. separate winners. They have two okay, well winners. then I'm wrong. There was a guy from the Jazz, though, right? <laughs> uh, uh, Jeremy Evans. It's Jeremy Evans because he that's had the right. dunk with he had the black light jacket. And they had all those like random light tubes. I watched them with the Cleckers. And that was one of the last years we were like, this is dumb. And we just stopped scaring. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, so- uh, that, that is correct, 2012. So we are down to 2013. Oh, my God. <sighs> oh. Was it Kenneth Fareed? Oh, damn it. It was... He... He did the Vince Carter arm in the rim. Yes. Which means he would have been from what team? Who? Derek Williams? No. Yeah, but Derek Williams was wrong. Terrence Ross! It was fucking Terrence Terrence Ross. Ross. I lost. I I had it. I lost. I had it. I lost. (laughs) Because this was before, because Dwight Howard was right before all this. And that Mm -hmm. was in that that, craziness with Nate Robinson. And then before that, we had Josh Smith, Jason Richardson. And then there was a couple of randos in there. Then we had the Vince Carter. And then then it was they stopped doing it. Oh, my God. Terrence Ross, are you kidding me, bro? How do I go nine for ten and then botch that? Especially when you tell me it was a Raptor and I go, Derek Williams. <laughs> hey, definitely play on the Raptor. Yeah, when you said I was like, oh no. Oh, uh, I'm so bad. I'm, do you I'm want to? Uh, do you want to go double or nothing and do two thousand to two thousand nine? But you have to name the double winners if there were any. The double Which winners. There were. Yeah. Oh God, they had a double winner. Well, no, meaning like a guy that's won twice, like in different times. Well, I said some of them. I said Dwight Howard. I said Nate Robinson. Yep. Nate Robinson won won a couple, right? That's correct. So yes, Jason you, you do have two there. Two. Yep. Vince Carter won in two thousand. That's correct. I said Josh Smith. He won. I know when he was on the Hawks. Yep. Boy, I couldn't tell you. I know it was some random dude on the Pacers, but I couldn't tell you who that. He played on like Oregon or something. I but I have no idea what his name was. You said one during. I swear you did on um on the twenty uh twenty ten to twenty nineteen. It was just a few years. It was in twenty oh seven. He won. Oh, Gerald Green. Gerald Green. Yep. Yep. That was the cupcake. That was dope. Oh, that was way I remember dope. that one. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I think I got all of them except for a couple. I, yep. I, so you have two thousand one and two thousand four. I, That's I all will you never get the, the name of the guy on the Pacers. I just know he was an Oregon Duck. Super Sonic. Super Sonic. Rashard Lewis. <laughs> 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 
You're waiting for it. God, what's his initials? I'll take the loss here. I'll take the loss here. Well, no, you obviously got it. But Desmond Mason was the uh, the uh, gentleman from the uh, Supersonics, and then the uh, that was 2001. 2004 was Fred Jones. Fred Jones. That, he was a guard, I think, from Oregon. Fred Jones. I would have never got Fred Jones. I would have never got Terrence Ross pisses me off because I nailed nine of those son of a bitches. And then I say to you, he was a Raptor. And you go, yes, he was a Raptor. And then I go, Derek Williams. <laughs> I think Derek Williams Fred... was in that non-contest though. Mm. Uh, fun fact, Fred Jones's parents named him after Fred from the uh, Scooby-Doo and his gang. What a bum. Yeah, shooting our friend Jones. I'm looking at him now. Guangdong Southern Tigers crushing it out there. Damn it, man. I'm more mad about the Terrence Ross thing because I had that. Like, I had that in the custom of my hand. Son of a bitch. (laughs) To get to the next third strike, we are keeping it in the same spectrum. This one's going to be a little harder because you're going to have to think old school for probably up for nine of the ten people on this list. Ooh. I want you to give me the the most days held of the IC championship. So most combined days as champion. Ooh, okay. Um old school. So I gotta say Bret Hart for sure. Uh, really? Bret Hart was not on there. I should figure out what Bret Hart was. So is he the most overrated, overstated wrestler of our of our time? <laughs> Maybe. Damn. He just keeps... I thought he was an intercontinental technician and then, you know, world champion crybaby. Let's see. Intercontinental champions. I'm going to Wikipedia. Um, Bret Hart. He had the 18th most uh, uh, reigns or like days held the title and he only had two reigns as champion. Shelton wow. Benjamin had more reigns and more lengths than he did. <laughs> wow. That makes no sense to me. Honestly. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so I am going to go I mean the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, at least in his eyes, but not his cousins, Jerry Lawler, the honky tonk man. Yeah, number four. Four, four hundred and fifty-three okay. days. Um, I I don't know if uh, the first Intercontinental Champion would be on that list there, but maybe. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, number ten, four hundred and three days. I mean, I I thought he was already uh, the most uh, uh, total wins as intercontinental, intercontinental champion, but I know the Miz has brought broke some sort of record for that. Uh, maybe it's the the combined days one. So the Miz, uh, just behind Jericho before, but number two, the Miz five ninety two. Okay, okay. Um, so you said older, older, older. This is the only person still wrestling on this list. There's only one person. Oh, the Mrs. Um, mm-hmm. Oh. 
Man, a couple I of mean, One that keeps popping out to me is Robinsdale's own uh, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Kurt Henning, number nine. I mean, because he's perfect. I mean, stupid Brutus the Barber and all, but I mean. <laughs> Brother Brutus. Legendary match, WrestleMania three. Randy Savage, I mean, as the king. Savage, number eight. Jericho, since he has the most, but maybe not. Yeah, we'll go Chris Jericho. Wow, okay. Um, Two strikes. You have one, three, five, six, and seven. One of them you're going to be pissed if you don't get. Hmm. Did he hold it for a long time after he beat Randy Savage for it? That's what I want to know. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite guy, uh, Razor Ramon. Because he Number held that edge for a while. Number okay. six, Razor Ramon. That was one I was like, if you don't get Razor, you're going to be bummed. CD number one. Yeah, he always helped. So that's why I was always heartbreaking when he would lose is because he would hold it for like the long. Like I said, to me, he was my intercontinental champion. I don't know why I always go Mm -hmm. to Bret Hart. Damn you, Bret Hart. Um, Bret Hart. (laughs) (laughs) The Houston Astros of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, (laughs) um, There's got to be a Mexican on this list. Is it Guerrero? Is it Mysterio? He's number one. Whoa! <laughs> I think he's Hispanic. Who's well, it? Tito Santana? Ah, no, it can't be him. Is that your final answer? He's number one? He can't be number are one. You, are you picking him? Uh, sure. Number five, Tito Santana. <laughs> <laughs> so number one isn't Hispanic then. Oh, he's he's from Puerto Rico, number one. Oh, these bastards! Um, he died about a year ago. So just recently died, uh, a, four days ago, a year ago. <laughs> uh, Hercules Hernandez? No. Um, I would revolt. Don Morocco. Um, Don Morocco, number three. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Five hundred thirty-nine days. You're shitting me. That's no, crazy. Um, days, uh, the Rock, Don Morocco, two two reigns, five thirty nine. <laughs> wow! Uh, another his. Oh my God! Who who else was there? You're missing number one and number seven. And Don Morocco's from Hawaii. I think. <laughs> um, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he held it for a long time. Six six reigns. Mm. Oh. Six raids, 284 days. Number seven you missed was the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, wow. Okay. After he beat Honky Tonk Man, he had that huge reign. Lost it to Rick Rude, won it back, and held it till Hogan. Hmm. Uh, number one, 617 days, Pedro Morales. Oh, man. I was so like, not Don got, Morocco. This dude got Don Morocco, but didn't get Pedro Morales. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, Alright so we have two topics left um, We have Let's 
Let's go NHL first, and because it'll be a quicker segment that we can preview takeover to close. Because that's kind what of what do you mean, Chris Bryan filing grievances against the Cubs? Ooh, are they going to trade him? I think you have to. I mean, if we can get some some pitching, not minor leaguers, like if we can get like a solid like relief system out of the package and maybe someone in the farm, then yeah, I would do it. You know, speaking of um. It's crappy though. I mean, he's not. He he should have aired the grievance. The Cubs, the Cubs have done him wrong. Epstein doing him wrong there, and it, it's unfortunate. I, I I side with him a hundred percent. You're you're faltering with the contract there. That's I don't know. It seems uh, tiptoeing on on some illegal activity there. But uh, I don't know. I, as long as you can get something for him. But I mean this. This is definitely something uh, that's being overshadowed by by the bigger, um, you know, threat to baseball. You know, not just contract. Uh, you know, re- moving around stuff there without uh, consent there, but but talking about you know stealing signs and winning World Series. So, um, but I know Chris Bryant has talked. To, you know, been a little bit outspoken, but yeah, if you can get something for him, make everybody happy, and and we'll see where it goes from there. But shame on you, Cubs. Shame on you. Do you think, not to like pedal back to the Astros thing, but how much did that screw over you, Darvish, too? Like, way to ruin a guy's career. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't think it's really done anything too bad. I think he can come back. I mean, I, I think he'll be, he'll, he, he can come back this year if he has a strong year. Which I think he's capable of having for uh, for the Northsiders. I mean, oh, but he's also getting there in age, isn't he? Like 32, 34? starting to get up there. I don't know if he's that old, but he's definitely. Let's take a look here. Let's go to teams. Let's go to Chicago Cubs. I want to do Cubs in the words of Lil Donnie. You talk about Chicago Blackhawks being last. Just to think, five years ago we were boasting. Um, or at least I was about Chicago Blackhawks roising Stanley Cup trophies while the Wild couldn't even get past the first round. And now we're at no, the bottom of the barrel in the seller. last three years. Yeah, yeah the seller knows. You know, that's but, a, um, let's, let's talk about that, man. Bruce Boudreaux out as wild coach. Minnesota now 27-24-7, 61 points. They've made a lot of – they made they made a questionable trade here. Um, yes, they you know did. They, they trade off Jason Zucker. They get a first round pick. On top of the first round pick, they get Alex Gelchenyuk, a guy who I think is really good and I think is very under. It's kind of like Nino Niederreiter. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard, man. No. Did they say everything? Um, yeah, Dean Dean Evanson, I think, is going to be the interim coach for the Wild. I don't know. I just I don't know what to do with this team. Wasn't this foreseen though? I mean, in in reality, when when Boudreaux was hired, I was like, oh, so he's going to maybe get you somewhere and build some confidence, but won't get anything, you know, completed in the end. And it's you know what two seasons, three seasons. Uh, it, it seems shorter than than normal but i mean do you think this was the right call to, to yeah, kind of get rid of the coach here 
I think this is why Paul Fenton screwed him over to begin with is you bring in Bruce Boudreaux to ride your veterans because he's, re- he's a tough, he's a hard ass. You get him to ride those players. And then they mm-hmm. trade everybody away. They trade Coyle yeah. away for Donato, which was an awful trade. You know, we bring in Pontus Auberg. We, you know, we, we trade away Niederreiter. We trade away uh, Grandlin. Like, we just start dealing everybody. And it just it didn't mm-hmm. make sense. Now you got all these young guys with a coach who doesn't relate well to young guys. So it, it, was, a, it was a bad match, I think, when that happened. I don't know how the new coach is going to go. I don't know where they go next year. To be fair, the Wild are only five points out of a wild card. Arizona's got 66. The Wild are at 61. So it's not like they're out of it. Mm-hmm. And they have been playing better. They're 17, 9, and 5 at home. So they've, they've kind of done well, but it's just I don't know, man. It, it's it, feels it just like seems like they were picking it apart one by one over the last couple of seasons, like you were saying, just trade. I mean, the Nito, uh, Nino Niedermeyer thing, I mean, that I, I thought that was huge. I always thought that was your guys' future, your next, like, Nino five right seasons. Now. I mean, he played his heart every second he was on that ice. You know, he was a joy to watch. And, you know, again, a face of your, your franchise, but – when, you know, they got rid of him and signing, signing Devin Dubnik to, to crazy contracts. I'm just like, what? What's going on yeah. here? But, you know, questionable moves also made by the Blackhawks over the last few years. And, and we all know where they're at. They're not five points out of that wild card, that's for sure. You know, and, and I mean, you don't need a writer was a guy who got picked fourth overall by the Islanders and was failed there. And we gave up Clutterbuck for him, and he, and he surged here. And, and that's what you need. And, some, and, and that's what I'm, my hope is for Alex Galchenyuk. Now, mind you, they they played three games. He's played three games in the Wild uniform. He said 13 minutes of ice time on average for each game. He's got a shot on goal in two of the three games. Hasn't done anything else. It is what it is. But maybe, I mean, this guy was the number three pick in the draft by Montreal eight years ago for a reason. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he figured, he scored 30 goals in a season before. He scored 20 in a, in a season before. But they're in just such a weird spot that I just I don't like it, you know. When we when we get to get to real MVP, I'm gonna have something that involves this trade. So it's it's just frustrating because this team just cannot seem to. They just they look. I I broke this down before, Alex, on on radio here. When you look at the Central Division, you start at the top: St. Louis Blues, Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko. You go to the Dallas Stars, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. You go to the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, you have potential MVP candidate Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantman. You go to the Nashville Predators, you have Ryan Johansson. You go to Winnipeg, you got Patrick Laine. You go to Chicago, and you got Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. And then you go to the Wild, and you go, well, I mean, I guess we got Eric Stahl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how, did, how are you in that same division – Without anybody to produce like that, the leading it just score seems, on the Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it, it just seems is, like they're they're always mm-hmm. for for Eric Stahl forty one points. David Pasternak, Austin Matthews, and, and Alex Ovechkin all have as many goals as that. <laughs> Jeez, Le- Jeez Leon Drysdale who's fourth and now dries idols having a career year. And obviously him and him, I mean, he's leading the league and scoring with eight, 92 points. He's at 11 mm-hmm. more than McDavid, 
But you look at you look at Leon Draisaitl. He's fourth in the league with 33 goals, which is eight behind Eric Stahl. And then he's got 59 assists. Like, Oof. like we we don't have these players. Like Nathan McKinnon, 32 goals. Our leading goal scorer, I think, is Parise with 21. Like we don't have anybody to do these things. Yeah, but the Wild has always been more of that team aspect where it was always like, you know, two, three guys. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like the Blackhawks with with Taze and and company of the the, the Stanley Cup wins there where it was like consistent scoring. It was always about defense. It was always getting those 2-1 games. It was always Mm -hmm. about, you know, kind of that aspect, which made them fun to watch, which is a a great direct opposite of watching the Blackhawks, you know, during the the mid-2010s there. So it's it's just frustrating where now, you know, has the league just changed that much in the last couple of years where it went back to, you know, the high scoring games and, you know, of the, the 80s and 90s where they haven't adapted? I don't know. I just. And why oh. doesn't any free agents want to come to Minnesota? Yeah. The, the only hockey town, right? We ever landed were the ones that were basically Hometown. here and we overpaid yeah. Yeah. Which to be fair, I'm glad they did. Like I'm not I will as much as people chastise chastise the uh chastise, I think that's the word I want, the the yeah. wild for it, is they did what they had to do and spent the money to get the top two free agents in the in free agency. You can't Agreed. be mad at them. I don't care if you disagree with the contract, you have to be, be happy that they actually went for it. So that's why I will never berate this company for, for Parisi and Suter. Because they actually went for the damn thing. Like, that's balls, and I'm glad they tried it. You mm-hmm. look at the Minnesota Twins, and it's the, the complete opposite. It's the, the whole polar opposite <laughs> of this team. But Except I mean, this year. Know, look at, um, look at you know, the Los Angeles Kings are the second worst team with 47 points. Do you know who is the worst team in the NHL with a measly 32 points? They only have 14 wins. Oh, my gosh. Is that even the possible? Red Wings. Really? So, like, the whole landscape has changed with the powerhouses. Now, obviously, I think this is Detroit tanking because uh, uh, um, Alex Lafreniere is going to be the, the number one pick in this draft, and that's what they're doing. They're, they're tanking for Lafreniere. He's hmm. going to come in and be their starting starting left wing um, or starting center. I think he's going to play left wing in the NHL the first game of the season. So, I mean, obviously, it's calculated. They're, they're tanking. This is suck for luck. But it's just, you know, the, the landscape has changed. And, you know, I go back to you with the Blackhawks, man. Like, what do you do? Like, you you guys were marred with all these huge contracts and having so much talent, and then you just couldn't pay them, and you just started mm-hmm. losing people. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to, to kind of pinpoint a time because, again, you, you have the central pieces still there. You know, you even bring guys back you know, after they, they kind of skated off for a few seasons and, you know, kind of get that nostalgia rush back for the fandom and everyone gets excited. And then it just seems like everyone forgot how to play, you know, frustration you can see over the last few seasons with, you know, Taze and, and company, but, you know, the coaching, you know, I, I don't believe has been there and, you know, they had to deal with a lot of the ice, you know, antics and, and such for, for a couple of those seasons. So, I don't know when or if, you know, I, I thought when they started performing badly uh, two seasons ago, I was like, okay, they're given one year, 
you know, after having that nice mm-hmm. drink, they got to find themselves again as a team. But it just seems like they they haven't found their smile, and you know, it's it's just unfortunate. But we we still got three Stanley Cups, so yeah. I'm yeah happy. To be fair, too, the one thing I'll always say to Chicago is they know how to draft. I mean, you look at they had the third pick in 2019. They they drafted Kirby Doc, and Kirby Doc has got eight goals, eleven assists, and 19, 19 points this year. He's, I mean, he was NHL ready out of the draft. He's there, what, four, six. He's their ninth leading scorer. He's going to be a center of the future on that team. So mm-hmm. they, they, the front office on Chicago gives me so much more hope than anything the Wild do. Drake Kigulia, uh, three years in the league now. He's got 11 points, but he's starting to figure out how to play. Um, he's only 25 years old, so they're they're good. I just, mm-hmm. whereas the Blackhawks will resurge, I just don't see the Wild ever coming back. You know they will. I mean, draft and draft. I don't know. That's tough. <laughs> I'm. I still can't believe the Red Wings. Such a again a, a huge institution. You know, one of the original teams there just are that bad. It's already bad for Detroit, but oof. Um, you know what it's not bad for? The Tampa Bay Lightning, Alex. Demtris in the house. Uh, this team was 17 and 14 coming out of the gate. I was a little concerned. There was a lot of struggle going, man, maybe, maybe they're just not what I thought they were going to be. I thought this, you know, I thought they had like a three-year window and I thought this was the main year, but Mm -hmm. Alex 22 and three in their last 25 games. They're, They're three points out from the best record in the league. They have the second best record in the league. Um, they have a plus 55 goal differential. They are on the wow. second straight 10 game winning streak in these 25 games. You talk about getting hot at the right time. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're the Houston hot. Astros of, of the NHL. Oh, or the, oh, sorry. The Washington nationals. That's what I meant. The nationals. Okay, don't, okay, don't call them cheaters. <laughs> I, I was going to get mad. I was going to start yelling and shit. I was like, ah, <laughs> but this team, man, they started out slow. They started out real slow. They were they were stumbling. I mean, they had a losing record coming out of the gate for most of the year. And then December 23rd against Florida, uh, Mamma Mia is, is the easy way to hit it. It just they, <laughs> they took off 22-3 in their last 25. This is the team I think is going to win the Stanley Cup, and this is why I thought that. I can't Momentum. Wait. Yeah. You know, and, and you're you're doing it, like I said, in the right time where the team, you know, we're, we're past February, almost past February. They played 59 games. They only have 23 games left, so they're going to end hot. They could take the mm-hmm. number one seed. You know, they get that number one seed. They're playing Philly in the first round or Columbus. I'm not scared of them. Let's go. Let's go, baby. I can't wait. Man. I can't wait. Well, I mean, and, and do you think this trade will, will help them there, uh, help them there too? It looks like uh, Nolan Foote traded to the Devils for Blake Coleman. Huh. So Nolan Foote. Breaking is, news. Uh, yeah, I, that, I, didn't, I didn't know about that trade. Nolan Foote is one of Adam Foote, the old uh, Colorado Avalanche defenseman's yep. uh, kids. Nice. I, don't know, I, guess, I guess Coleman gives them a more – 
veteran-like presence, which is probably what they were going for. Huh? Well, you yeah, got the I same amount of goals happened. as Freezy. <laughs> wow. D- damn, what did this, did this just happen? Yeah, just a, a couple of minutes ago here. Breaking oh, okay. news. Yeah, this is breaking news. Um, the Islanders just got Andy Green from the Devils due to bolster their line. The Islanders are looking really good right now. Dude, the trade deadline is coming up in, on the 26th, I think it is. Um, 24th, excuse me. There's some stuff that might go down here. I mean, we may see Ilya Kovalchuk head out to the aisle, too. The Islanders are making a run at things. So, there's a lot. Of, if you think one trade that could turn uh, the wild season around, uh, what would you? Uh, what would be that one trade you would do? Would you do a goalie? Would you send Parisi? What, what, what would you try to do? So, I mean, well, here's the thing: is you're you're not going to trade Parisi or Suter because no one's taking those contracts. Come on, some Canadian team. <laughs> I don't know. I still am mad. They like Matt Zuccarello. They gave a big contract too, and I get it. He's fifth on our team in scoring, but I just that kind of bummed me out. I don't. I don't think there's any move to make. Like I don't think this team's suddenly going to make a run at anything. I think. I think the biggest problem is you. You, you let Alex Stalock. Uh, I think it was Stalock. No. Um, uh, not Stalock. Uh, what's the other goalie? He's on Arizona right now. Ooh, um. Phil Kessel's a coyote that makes me laugh so hard. Um, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Goaltending. Uh, Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Like, before Kemper got hurt, he was 15 and 8, 2.17 goals against the average, and was going to make the All Star team. So hmm. I just. I, I think they've made the dumb moves. I think you stand pat. You got the, I think they're like the ninth worst team in the league. Eighth or ninth. They're right there with Chicago. Let me look at, let me look at league wide standings. Detroit, LA, Ottawa, New Jersey, and I'm saying Buffalo. Minnesota is the ninth worst team in the league. That's what I thought. I think you just ride it out and try to get your draft pick. I think you tank. I know people hate speaking, but there's a, there's a guy there's a guy coming out. If you want to look at somebody, Alex, go on the Google and type in Quinton yeah. Byfield. Q U I N T O N B Y F I E L D. Quinton Byfield. This guy. Perfect. Um, like so, there's seventeen he's, years old. Wow. So if you go under Google Images. One, two, three, four. The fifth picture, does it say Sunday Spotlight, five questions, is Quentin Byfield? Yes. From the Sunnerby Wolves? This kid is built like Eric Lindros. Hmm. He's, he's, he can skate. Rocking the bow tie. Yeah, he's, he's got those ice chips behind him. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's six those four. shavings. He's got some wheels on him. So he's like the LeBron of hockey. I I mean I don't think he's gonna be gonna be the best player out of this draft. I think uh, uh, Alex Lafreniere will be the best player in this draft. But I think Quentin Byfield is like your standalone number two. Like whoever whoever doesn't get Lafreniere at one is taking Byfield at two. Okay. I think this is a guy that this team needs because he will go in there and bang against your other team's best player. Like he's gonna go in there and throw some bows. And the Wild don't have that. 
And he's they Jamaican don't, huh? man. He's Jamaican well, man. <laughs> in Canada, that's crazy. <laughs> so that that's a guy I would really like. Will they get him? No. He's a center I too. Really like Interesting. Yeah, he's like I said, he's he's <laughs> built like Windrush, man. You know, six four, two fourteen. I mean, he can he he can bag in there, man. Damn that that Alex Lafreniere uh, has like triple the uh, coverage video. <laughs> Dude, he's gonna be. So this is like a half hour. Uh, the byfield was like seven minutes. I was like, whoa, okay then. <laughs> like I'm telling you, when uh, uh, Lafreniere is going to be like the most sure thing since Connor McDavid. Like I will see. He sounds that. like so, like he's been in the league like seven years already. I swear I heard that name like years ago. That was Pat Lafontaine. He was a runner. <laughs> what? For who? For himself. He was Tony Danucci. Prefontaine. Oh. Prefontaine. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. You know what else? You know what? <laughs> you know what? Let me where is the damn thing? Let me hit this. Real MVP coming in here, as we kind of mentioned earlier. Um, Alex, lay it all out there because I love your real MVP tonight. Wait, didn't I already say it in the uh, the first segment there? Yeah, but just just give it because we're in the actual part now. Oh, the real MVP, uh, ESPN's Carl Ravitch. Again, you know, he's he's been a staple of uh, baseball coverage uh, probably for the last 20 years for me over on uh, ESPN here. Sorry, this takeover pay-per-view. Wow. Um, and, but but to him, you know, just kind of not, not taking any of uh, Rob Manfred's shit um, as he was dodging it with, uh, as Ryan alluded to, you know, kind of his cross legs, his, uh, his facials, his, you know, <sighs> really? You're going to answer that, you know, type of uh, type of look from there. And plus, he was rocking that blue suit, that periwinkle colored shirt and, you know, kind of coming coming in with that scruff, that beard. Uh, you know, again, he, he wasn't taking any guff from the uh, from the com- commissioner of Major League Baseball there. So um, and he's a huge proponent uh, for Little League, as he says, you know, he's like the biggest thing. Uh, the biggest problem that this makes is, you know, what do the kids think now of the sport of baseball, the integrity, you know, and, and you could tell that he means that there, you know, as, as he reports it, he wants this sport to thrive, which of course we read over the last, you know, 10 years or so where it's declined in certain areas of, uh, especially here in America, but, but all over the world here. So, but Carl Ravage, uh, real MVP for uh, just t- sticking it to the commissioner, just being a, a hard nosed journalist. It's hard to see that, you know, nowadays, um, you know, especially with the unfortunate tragedy a few weeks ago there. So um, it, this was just straight to the point. It's something, you know, that we've wished we would have seen on a more national level with a certain figure uh, w- within this country. So this was uh, the best thing we can get to that, uh, especially in the world of sports. So Carl Ravage, kudos. Uh, my real MVP comes from the former Wild member, uh, new Pittsburgh Penguin, Jason Zucker. Three games with the team has two goals and one assist already. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alex Yeltsinuk has two shots on goal. So, as for normal, the Wild make a move, <laughs> and the guy goes into their team and goes, Ham, 
We saw Charlie Coyle go to the Stanley Cup last year. Jason Tucker, two goals um, against the Montreal Canadiens on Friday. Fitting in on the front line was Sidney Crosby, who had three assists. It's like clockwork. You plug in a star like Jason Zucker, which I don't care anybody says. He is a stud on that left yep. wing. And happy magic being made. Pittsburgh loses Jake Gensel. They upgrade with Jason Zucker. They're going to make another chance at the cup. I'm telling you, Evan Zucker. So Jason Zucker, real MVP coming from this guy. Right. Plus his wife uh, does the um, the uh, KFAM morning show. They they do a podcast called like the after show or something like that there. And she's kind of the proponent of that. She was like, hey, let's do something off air. And they're so enjoyable. They're like 30 minutes or so. And it's, you know, they can say whatever they want, you know, um, and, and it's just fun. And she was a huge proponent and she was so fun. So it's, I, I haven't listened to him for the last week or so or, or since the trade happened. So I don't know what the, uh, the show you know, what will, will happen. I'm sure it will continue, but uh, Zucker's wife, uh, an amazing person on that there. So, Alex, we got about five minutes left. Do we want to run into the overcast or and preview NXT? Or do we want to send a moment in the sunset? No, I think we're, we're going to send them home. We're, we'll kind of go over the uh, the matches here really quick. Of course, the main events, NXT Championship, Adam Cole challenging against, uh, you know, Goldie's dad. You know, he, he wants Goldie back to Maso Ciampo, psycho killer. Yes, you heard him at the beginning of the show here. Ryan, where does Goldie end up in the, uh, in the settlement here in the uh, Adam Cole to Maso Ciampo matchup? I don't, I think it'd be a dumb idea to take the title off of Adam Cole, but I think I think the the thought process is Champa Finn Balor at Mania, uh, the Mania Takeover at Tampa. So I'm going to go Champa, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope Adam Cole gets the W. What do you think? I love it. I I, I hope Adam Cole uh, keeps it as well. I, I think it's yeah. something where he's the hottest guy in the business right so now, good. especially for that company. And yeah, you you don't punish that. You don't send him to the main roster. Just keep Miss Champ. You keep that hottest faction you know around there, especially uh, here in America. So yeah, Adam Cole retains here. Uh, match I'm very excited for. Uh, you know that that started when Finn Balor made his NXT return. He does the Pele kick to Gargano to turn back to the Rock and Rolla. Uh, my true main event here. But uh, you know, you said lack of build. They've been building it for the last couple of months. You know, and you, Balor's you know been attacking them on WWE.com or NXT on YouTube. But Finn Balor, Johnny, Gar- Johnny Gargano street fight, if you will, at least it should be. Uh, I'm definitely have to go with the rock and roller. I love Johnny Gargano's, uh, you know, stare down and, you know, he's went to a darker place, but you got to give Balor the win. Yeah. Balor gets the victory. The only reason I said like lack of build is like, I know they've had the, the kicks and stuff like that, but then Gargano gets injured. And then when he comes back, then he, he teams him, back. <laughs> he does DIY, which doesn't make any sense with the program. And then the rest of the week's build have just been like beignets for it. Like Johnny Gargano's wrestling yeah. Cameron Grimes and stuff like that. I'm like, well, you need to build this. this well, I mean, that, be huge. It, 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 if they would have had a regular takeover in January before the Rumble and not, you know, here in Portland, I mean, that match would have definitely been that. And you would have had your yeah. build a little bit more closer of all the action. So I think that, that kind of just made it, you know, an afterthought when they announced Worlds Collide and him teaming them back up with Ciampa. So, uh, yeah. NXT North It'll American Championship. Oh, yeah. it's, it. I mean, you're, you, they're, they're going to get their time. 
So, you know, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm all excited. I've never seen this type where, you know, Balor's been doing this for, you know, New Japan stuff, you know, nine years, so on and so on, obviously way more than that, but, and, and Gargano kind of be coming around at the same time, you know, but him with Dragon Gate and Dragon Gate USA evolve and what have you. So it's kind of interesting to look at it at, at that aspect. It's just going to be a really good wrestling match. Um, speaking of really good wrestling matches, NXT North American Championship here. The new champion, Keith Lee, after defeating Roderick Strong, after having himself a dominant reign there, uh, taking on Dominic Dijakovic um, uh, in one of, uh, again, another chapter in a fantastic rivalry. Ryan, who do you have? Does uh, uh, Dijak? Uh, you know, strip the title uh, from his uh, gloriousness, or does Keith Lee keep basking? Uh, Keith Lee, for sure. I just, I'm a little confused as to why they had this big build between these two, and then they put them together as a team, and then they stay as a team, and all of a sudden they're wrestling again. So the build of this is a little wonky. But I mean, these guys respect and admiration. <laughs> they had a match with I think the 2016 Bola, 2017 Bola that people said five stars. I think if you give these guys 20 minutes, I got a text from somebody who said, have you watched NXT? I said, no, they said the opening match is going to be your match of the year. So and and it's because a lot of people know how much I like Keith Lee. And I think Donovan Dijak or Dominic Dijakovic is very good. So I have a lot of high hopes for this match, but I'm really excited to check this out, but I will go Keith Lee. Um, Roderick Strong was such a dominant champ that you don't take the strap on the Keith Lee that quick. If he's going to beat Roddy. And he's getting rubs. Uh, Oh, we're in the aftercast. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining. Um, but um, no, so uh, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, the WrestleMania opponent uh, for one John, uh, um, especially coming back after uh, being off for a while, should have been against Keith Lee. Uh, but of course, we'll get into the uh, the rumored <laughs> confirmation of BS that it's going to be. Oh, um uh, NXT Tag Team Championship, a match that's going to be you interesting. A match. No. <laughs> Walk with. Uh... I'm sorry. NXT Championship. Yuck. Undisputed Era defending the title against the <laughs> against the uh, the new best team, the the newest odd couple pairing, if you will, in all of professional wrestling. The Bros awaits Matt Pete Dunn. Uh, of course, opposites like apples and oranges. Uh, but boy, do they make fun YouTube clips. Uh, Undisputed Era bros are weights. Who do you got? Do we have new champs? Or does yeah. uh, Undisputed Era keep it? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm going new champs. I, I, I'm still proprietor that I think all four Undisputed Era guys should have held the titles a little longer. But I think tonight's the night where they all lose them all. But, you know, I, I think they're... I, I'm not mad if they go browser weights with this, but I mean, Undisputed Air is so good. You know, I love the Pete Dunn Matt Riddle segments. I just wish they weren't so damn scripted. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that sucks. Because, like, Pete Dunn, they would cut to Pete Dunn and he's like, I will do it if you stop talking in that accent. Like, these things are so great. Until <laughs> he's reading a script. And that was the thing that pissed me off. Stop saying boot and I'll put it in the boot. Like, if you just let them talk, it would have been even better because they would have been really good. But the talking was just so like, all right, guys, you know your lines? Go. And it's like, no, they're not actors. They're pro wrestlers. These are the epitome of pro wrestlers. <laughs> let them talk. Stop making them act. Don't turn them into robots. <laughs> With that being said, I think Broserweights get the job done here. 
God, that would be great. Um, but I'm I'm all about Undisputed Era, but I think they, they need to heal up for a while, especially Bobby Fish. Um, no, let's be real, especially Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I could see the Bros of Wheats uh, winning a, a championship. And, again, uh, just kind of keep rolling with what's hot, you know, happening with that brand. Speaking of what's hot happening in that brand, uh, we got Rhea Ripley, uh, the NXT Women's champion, they brought that back, uh, that term back there, Ryan, um, after uh, getting rid of it after, uh, for six days, maybe, um, taking on uh, one of the, the hottest uh, things in all of wrestling, especially with her wondrous performance in the Royal Rumble, Women's Royal Rumble 2020, Bianca Belair, the EST of NXT, uh, finally got what that meant, and uh, I will say it is damn clever. Um, NXT Championship, of course, has uh, a little bit of a... Uh, uh, a riff, if you will, um, since we've seen Rhea Ripley challenge Charlotte Flair, who did win the uh, Women's Royal Rumble this past uh, month, um, which, you know, a lot of people have said uh, they've foreseen the results of this matchup, which, again, can be very good for both wrestlers, can elevate them onto a higher level. Uh, Bianca Belair, uh, I think this is her strap the, the rocket on her, let her fly. Uh, of course, uh, we all think Rhea Ripley will retain. Charlotte Flair is rumored to be there as well. Um, Ryan, what do you got? A few different scenarios. I know when we talked on the phone earlier, you had a uh, kind of a fear of what WWE booking usually does. I have a feeling they're going to somehow turn this into a non-finish so they can make it um, a two or like a, a three-way at WrestleMania between Charlotte Belair and Ripley. I think the right move is it, look, real or Bianca Belair is in that Kofi Kingston position right now where she got hot from the rumble. And then she was the star of their promos on NXT. And I think they went, uh Oh, she's really over. And we mm-hmm. didn't expect that to happen. And to her credit too, Rhea Ripley is, is great out there in the ring. But she's suffering in a weird way for me, that Walter treatment where stop having her talk on the microphone. It's not her strong suit. She's not a great promo. As we found that on Twitch. (laughs) And we all know that in WWE, if you're not a great promo, you ain't getting pushed. That's just how the company runs things. So they're they're devaluing Ripley while making Bianca Belair Belair astronomically more valuable. And they're probably going to do the wrong thing and have Belair lose which is the wrong move going into this match. Um, I'm going to predict. And it was Ripley. a bummer that she was fed to former champion Shayna Baszler uh, just, you know, a month or so, you know, prior to this, which I think she could have been a viable contender when, to take the belt off of her. When Bianca Belair looked at Charlotte and said, you don't even go here in that yep. promo, everybody went ding, 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 ding. Why is she not being pushed? <laughs> because that was fantastic. That was it was great. It was so perfect. It was so high school cliche movie. It was great. And then yeah, Rhea definitely Ripley, had that Mean Girls aspect. Yeah, and Ripley's kind of promo like, "I'll fight anybody," and it's like, "Oh God, you are butchering this promo." She should have just punched them. That's what yeah. she should have just did. And Charlotte, we've talked about her disdain for her in the last few months, and she's just kind of getting stagnant as hell. Bianca Belair is the star of the three, and she's going to be not involved in this, I don't think. I she's think Ripley wins, but I think it's the wrong move. 
they they got something of Bianca Belair and they need to tap they need to tap that. They just need to do it. You did it with Kofi. You mm-hmm. did it with Daniel Bryan a few years prior. You got something here. Don't screw it up. And I know you will because that's what WWE does. But would you rather see a triple threat match at Mania with these three if it means to put Belair in that spot, even though you're yeah. against that format? I would because this is different than Becky and Ronda. Becky and Ronda should have been the main event. I said the minute they signed Ronda, when it, everybody told me I was crazy. I said she will be your biggest draw. She will be the, the first person to main event of WrestleMania. I said that the minute she you walked did. down that aisle. And, it, and, it, and they did it. They just didn't do it right. They didn't capitalize <laughs> on it. I think this is a good move because we, we've seen Charlotte lately has kind of lacked in the ring. This is an okay spot where, where you can do the two people wrestle while one sits and rests and it wouldn't hurt it. Mm-hmm. Man. Alex, you're forgetting I'm the match for of the night. Which one? The street fight between Dakota oh, Kai yes. and Tegan Knox, baby. I am ecstatic oh, yes. for this match. I love me some Nixon Newell. I've been talking about her since before progress was even an afterthought of being bought by WWE. Nixon Newell, Tegan Knox is tremendous. Mm-hmm. I love the Dakota Kai heel work. I think Dakota Kai gets the victory here so they can keep building this. But I think this is going to be one of those matches where Dakota Kai says to, 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 to good old Steph over there and says, girl, what do you want to do here? Because this is finally your moment after all these injuries. And they go yes. out there and just, because you look at War Games was one of the best angles this company's done in a long time when she turned on I'll it obvious. I mean, we we all kind of sensed that that was going to happen, but but the way again it was executed, it was it was perfect. That's Everyone why played it was their so part. Good. That's yeah. why it was so good because it's, it's like you said, Alex. It was extremely obvious, but they made it good. Where it was like, yeah. wow, I'm glad that happened. And glad so, that they kept Tegan Knox off of TV for quite a while until yeah, they did get their match yeah. on NXT, and I knew you were bummed, but I was like, they still, you know, because you were like clamoring street fight right away. Which you're mm-hmm. like, well, you have to have it mixed. I, I forget if it was the NXT TakeOver UK one or if it was the Worlds Collide. When they were in the audience being interviewed, they were like, you know, maybe a few feet away. Then they started brawling and they went over the guardrail, you know, around the ring. I was like, okay, this is how you keep this few going and build another audience or get another audience, you know, from, from whatever, you know, show that they were showing that on. So, you know, it, it's been brilliant. It, it will definitely... Um, you know, be be the show stealer. I think that's why I also kept it last. Um, but I was watching something else here, and I was just like, oh yeah, because again, Ryan's been clamoring for this for as we all yeah, have I'm since November. Oh man, Alex, I got the chills, man. Sportscast. It was a pleasure doing this with you, man. It was so fun. We had a, it was a really good show. We had a good time, man. Uh, tomorrow we got to figure out what, what t- do we know what time you want to figure out time later. Seven eight, something like that. We'll be okay, live. Yeah, we'll come. We got a Dragon Gate show. Ben Kane and Rookie Doy. Wow, uh, wow. Um, you mean KZ? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Rookie Doy KZ. Uh, KZ continuously to show that he is. If you put him in a title match, he is going to give you one of the best matches of the year. Um, yeah. 
We also saw the All Japan Excite Series, which was top to bottom, one of the best shows of the year so far. It was fantastic. Uh, we got those two shows. We'll talk. I'd say bottom from over. the top, for sure. Yeah, yeah, bum, everything bum, bum, was good bum. on it, man. It was, it was one of those where like there was no chore in those. Yeah. Even the Nakanishi match wasn't bad. That was like, fun. You go in there, like good. yeah, old guy time. This is fun. Yeah, exactly. So we got all Japan. We got Dragon Gate. We'll talk NXT. Um, at some point, depending on what we we got to watch Warrior Wrestling still. I don't know when we'll get a review for that. I'm gonna probably buy that tonight. Um, I got to see the strong hearts. Um, we got some DDT preview, some good stuff coming up in March here. So oh yeah. Kind of, kind of a nice little slow. Oh, we also got to talk about the champions carnival, all Japan's uh, equivalent oh, yeah. to the G1, uh, the, the 2020 contestants there. Oh, Ryan's prophecy came to fruition. Ladies and gentlemen, the Kathy Sugara's in the, in the carnival. Oh, yeah. So we'll get a lot Check to talk. us we'll out. We'll be back tomorrow night. Check us out, blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media or wherever you pod your cast. Just search strong style media or WrestleCast Radio. Um, also, you can get merch, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash WrestleCast. Check us out on Twitter. Follow us at WrestleCast with the T underscore SSM. Again, at WrestleCast underscore SSM. Give us some love over on Facebook. Like, friend, share, what have you. Doing big things. We're having fun. Throwback, though, Sportscast Radio, the one that did it all. Thank you again, Ryan. Five years, sniffles and all. Uh, you know, is that AJ and all? Uh, some fun times. Thank you for allowing me to do something uh, that I've always wanted to do. And, and we've had that platform. And uh, thank you, thank you to you uh, for the many, many years and, and everything. So wonderful times. Uh, Sappy-ish over. We got takeover to watch. We got the NBA All-Star game to watch. I don't think you still even gave a uh, answer, but I'm pretty sure you're team LeBron, huh? Oh, yeah. Laker, baby. Myself, <laughs> Alex Bello, Ryan Cook, signing off on you. Shock Style Media, Sportscast Radio. We out.